Fine, Papaitus, say you the man. Papaitus, say you the man. I'm drunk to the spinning, because I eat me spinning. I'm Papaitus, say you the man. I'm what the gazookas, which hates all palookas, but hates honey up and square. Why biffs and I bust them, and always outruffs them, but none of them gets nowhere. If anyone dashes to risk me this, it's pop and it's wham, understand? So keep good behavior, that's your one lifesaver with Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm strong to the finish, cause I eat the spinach. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. W-A-I-F Cincinnati. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Ed Clayton. Coming up next, over most of these stations, it's the Late Late Show. And you know, the other day, I posed nude for an art class. They didn't ask me to. I think they were making ceramic bowls. I don't know. Roll them, Charlie! By God, we're as happy as a cow and a human being deserve to be. Really naked, 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 really naked. Because the man was a schmuck. Naked, 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 really, really, really. I don't do this with every audience. You, you need a certain sense of humor for this. Um, yeah, warped. WAIF is not affiliated in any way with WAIFFM. WAIF? WJVSFM, that's what I said. Wasn't it? Naked, 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 really naked. Good evening, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. How are you, Bruce? Good evening, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Good evening, ladies and Bruce's. Want to dance? Uh, you do me a favor? You see me working on the house next week and around the yard and, uh, Helping out with groceries and shit. You do me a favor. Kill me. Kill me. Shoot me in the head. Run me over with a car. Whatever it takes. I live in hell. I live in hell. Oh. Ah. Naked, 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 really naked. Naked, 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 really, really, really. Pilot of the airways. Here is my request. You don't have to play it, but I hope you'll do your best. 
This is Bob Shreve, and if you're a late-night comedy buff like myself, you have found just the right place to be. Welcome to The Late Late Show. It's a radio program that pushes the limit of good taste over the edge and, of course, right out the window. And as your host, a man whose personality has been patented as a form of birth control, a man who last used his library card to deceed something, Ed Clayton. A notice of caution, due to the nature of the aforementioned programmers, Absolutely no one but the severely deranged should attend. However, all rules of order shall be observed until 5 a.m., so please do not try these jokes at home as they are performed by seasoned professionals 
who know how to dodge vegetables. And remember, friends, no flash prisoners will be taken during this performance. And now for your listening irritation, the Late Late Show in mono where available. Thank you. And thank you, Bob. Yes, friends, either by design or by accident, you've stumbled upon to the Late Late Show. You lucky devils, you my little puppies now. (laughs) So glad to have you with us. That's the royal us, like I have a staff. I did have strep once, but that's a whole other topic I shouldn't even... Friends, before everything really starts to circle the drain, I need to tell you that WAIF, as a community radio station, serves only to open its airwaves to responsible divergent points of view, and that the opinions expressed during this program do not reflect the views of WAIF, its staff, strep, fungus, or ever-beloved and highly esteemed Board of Trustees. God bless you. Fabulous work you're doing. Thank you and the horses you rode in on. No, friends, the opinions expressed on this program are mine and mine alone. But they are growing in popularity. They got legs and they walk around. Also, pay particular attention to this one. The Late Late Show, if performed correctly will contain material that could be considered offensive or unsuitable for some listeners. If you are offended by such programming, uh, well, thank your folks for raising a wimp. But if you can't take the heat, you can always leave the kitchen by turning the radio off, tuning to a different station, and returning to WAIF at 5 a.m. when the good pastor and sister Walker shall be along to present Open Your Bible. All right, friends, we have a pretty good show lined up. Yeah, again, the royal we, as if I were royalty. Uh, where was I going? I've lost my words. Have you seen my words? Are they over there? Look under the coffee cup. I think that's where I saw them last. Uh, the numbers to call here at the radio station, area code 513-961-8900. And you can always log on to www.waferadio.org. And there's all kind of good stuff over there you need to check out, my friend. Yes, indeed. So uh, stick around. We have uh, a lot of laughter, many, many yucks to come your way. And you you know, it's you never know what's going to happen on this program. When I'm at the helm, some days it's like giving a giving a drunken monkey a loaded gun. Do you hopes to be getting a big ass meal at a fly price? Right now, you and your posse can be snacking for under seven dollars. No shit. McDonald's presents the big mother. Get the big motherfucker with a bottle of Colt 45, chitlins, pig's feet, on a cornbread biscuit with a big old bucket of gravy. This be cheaper than two hits of crack, and so good, you'll be saying sh- dog. Did somebody be saying McDonald's? You're damn right. McDonald's, we loves it when you be smiling. Hello, I'm Orville Rockenbacher Redder. Try, try my new Orville Redden Gourmet Nicotine Flavored Popcorn. The more you eat, 
The faster you eat. Yeah, that's good. The faster you eat, the more you eat. <laughs> yeah. I've been dead since 1995, but thanks to my nicotine-flavored popcorn, I can still prop myself up right here and do these commercials. <laughs> mm. And look, the burnt ones taste just like a good smoke. Oh, yeah. Or my name ain't Orville, uh, uh, Redden Rocker, Redden Rocker. Darn. Smells, smells, and more smells at the Old Factory Outlet, where we bring the smells directly to you. Oh, man, that's strong. Why go driving all over town for the smell of an aging strip mall or an all-night gas stand where you can get them all in one location at the Old Factory Outlet? Oh, man, my eyes are burning. Just follow your nose to the Old Factory Outlet for our giant poopery sale going on right now. Oh, how nice. Rose Petal Pine Forest Mystery Slice Cheese. <coughs> oh, who did that? Call a foreign cab driver right now and come on down to the Old Factory Outlet where every smell is Old Factory direct to you. Excuse me, do you mind if I open the window? Hey, office nerds and computer weenies, forget about Trikey Fest, Computer Fest, and Cyber Fest because this weekend it's Paperclip Fest. Wow, Paperclip Fest, wow. That's right, Paperclip Fest. Paperclip Fest is your chance to see the latest in paperclip Clip technology. View paperclip art and learn all about new breakthroughs in paperclip uses for the next millennium. Bring your paperclip questions and talk with factory reps. Don't miss world-renowned paperclip artist Doug Finster showing off his famous paperclip replica of Mount Rushmore. Even see a miniature house built with just paperclips. Plus, there'll be paperclip seminars going on throughout the entire exciting weekend. Let's get ready to rumble! For the No Shots Band Total Tough Man Cage Match Paperclip Fight between Sneaky Pete the Pervert and Dwayne Rusty Eyes Pinkman. It's all happening this weekend. Don't miss it. Parking is limited, so hurry and get there now. It's Paperclip Fest. Paperclip Fest. Not affiliated with the World Paperclip Organization. Hello, Domination Pizza. Uh, yes, I'd like a small cheese, tomato, and beef pizza, please, if that wouldn't be too much trouble. Full. You're going to have a medium-thin crust with jalapenos, and that's it. Nothing to drink. No napkins, and we'll deliver it when we're good and ready. Well, I guess that'll be okay. What? That's yes, mistress. That's all. No guessing. No pretending like you're anything but my scum dog floor mop. On your knees and keep your head down. Domination Pizza is ready when we're ready. Get it and like it. Now call. Hey, Joy Gridnick here. Ed is often armed, dangerous, and off his medication. Then, of course, I'll be out of here and you'll be stuck with Ed. Joy Gridnick on Ed's show. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right there. Right there. That's exactly where I want the couch. You're from Five Points. I'm from Five Points. That's right near Kearsarge, isn't it? Oh, us, we're Arthur Highback's whole uh, family lives. Is that right? Arthur was the guy that went to school with me in the fifth grade. He used to stab deers and uh, chew tobacco and dream. I <laughs> mostly dream. Is that what he did for a living? I, no, no. He, he, I don't believe he's still living. Oh, is that right? He was from there. Oh, he was from Five he Points. He was from Five Points. We nice, went see. to school together. Uh huh. And uh, that grade school. Yes, I'll never forget our sixth grade teacher. Eloise Emerly was her name. Eloise Emerly. She was always pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't suppose you could forget a teacher like that. What did she teach? Uh, well, she taught the milkman where it was. <laughs> <laughs> 
Arthur, the teacher said one day, she said, Arthur, he's real. Yeah. Like that. And she cut him completely in one of his daydreams. And she said, Arthur, who discovered America? Right, yeah. I whispered in his ear, Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> Yeah. What did Arthur say? He said, go to Maggio. Go to Maggio, yeah. And teacher gave him an A. Is that right? She is pregnant. She is having morning sickness. <laughs> she didn't know. Yeah. She just gave him an A and let it go right on. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> is, you say you come from five points, huh? You I don't must... say I come. I do. I could prove it. Could you prove it? Darn right. Oh, I see. It's a tattoo. It says right there. It says five, five points. points right on your yeah, stomach. God damn, it was drunk. You almost put four points. <laughs> <laughs> but I told him you misspell it, and I hope my uncle whipped you. <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask this. This is kind of a stupid question, I know, but why would you have five points tattooed on your belly like that? I have no idea. Yeah, I was no. just wandering in a field one day. I was looking at marmots. You were looking. Wait a minute. Yeah. At what? You were marmots. Look, marmots. Yeah. They'll hypnotize you. Is that right? Yeah. What's a marmot? I don't know. I just looked at them. I didn't study their case history. Oh, but they're about this high. Uh huh. If you get them trapped in a cave and their eyes go red, leave them trapped. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> George Herman went in after one once. George didn't, did he? Yes, he did. Well, he was always weird, wasn't well, he? Well, no. Well, George was. He was an orphan living right in his own house. <laughs> Do you understand? I understand. I don't believe it, but I understand it. I didn't either. We were supposed to have a softball game on Good Friday. Is that right? And I was at George's house. Well, how did and there was nobody. I never saw his mother. I never saw his father. But there was always an oil drilling machine in the front yard. <laughs> and George looked at me and he said, Thou for art thou. He said that, did he? And I said, I'm not messing with you, George. <laughs> if you can put on heavy stuff like that, let's... By God, we said our prayers, had two fried eggs and mashed potatoes, went down and lost the ball game the next day. Is that right? Yeah. You played a lot of ball, did you? Very little that day. Yeah. Because George had some cider in his barn. Oh, is that right? Forgot, yeah, we some got hard it. cider, huh? Well, it was hard than that whiz at it. Yeah. <laughs> did they he... told me that 14 years before when they made it, it was just softer than down. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you four were... or five quarts of that now. I was starting to get dizzy. <laughs> you, you were drinking when you were 12 years old? Well, so was George. Did, did you smoke behind the barn? No, we didn't. George had a hypodermic needle full of elderberry wine. <laughs> a hypo full of elderberry wine? Yes, he put it in the, in the main vein underneath my kneecap. That's what caused me to be thrown out the next day trying to steal second. I turned purple and this. I never forget. I said, out. I said, thank God. I had a bet on the game. Yeah. Did, you, yeah. did you win the bet? Yeah, we lost, lost the game. game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Darn right. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't no fool, you know. I guess not. Uh, you we but... came from hard times. Oh, is that right? Oh, are you kidding Pretty me? Pretty poor, huh? Things were really, really hard really when I hard. was a kid. Is that right? Yes, sir. Next to me, Ted Quillen would really be the star of the class. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. He wore his sister's shoes to school, but by God, he had shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Things it were was... pretty tough. Uh, why was that? Because your dad didn't have a job, or the farm was bad, or what was it? No, my dad was on vacation. Oh, he took He, he took went extended... when I was two. Yeah. Yeah? He went into Canada. Is that right? Marmot hunting. I don't know why my dad went. Our place is overrun with them. Yeah. So you just take after your dad, in other words. No, my mother did. <laughs> Yeah, she was never around either. Was she? No. When I was 14, I was meaner than 700 hells. Is that right? Yes, I was. Yeah, but what, what made you mellow down? I went, to, I went to a school 
girls' school. You went to a girls' school? Yes. I mellowed right out. I bet you did. Yeah. How did you arrange to go to a girls' school, anyway? Well, I, you know, Ted Quill lent me his sister's shoes. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Shaved my legs and went right on in there. You did, huh? Yeah. They needed a second baseman anyway. <laughs> on the girls' softball team. Yeah, right. Well, you're not so dumb. Oh, no. I ain't crazy, you know. <laughs> no. Well, how long were you at the all-girls school? Uh, seven days. It's just seven and days. seven nights. <laughs> I didn't get my sheepskin, but I dipped under a few. <laughs> can you dig it? I can dig it. You yeah. talk that way too? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we now, that, now that you're in the city, what do you plan to do when you're here in the city? You're I'm going to commit suicide tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've lived a full life. Have you? Yeah. yeah hey. Last night I sent a check to Father Unipro Cero. Is that, uh, yes. Uh, was he the priest in your hometown? No, I just had a vision about him one night. Oh, you did? I, I was injecting some more of that elderberry stuff. Under the kneecaps. Yeah, and I saw this giant man uh-huh. with a halo around his head wearing a motorcycle jacket talking yeah. Spanish. Is that right? And I said, by God, I'm going to give everything I got to him. And so you're going to send all the stuff to him, and then you're just going to end it all, huh? Well, no, I'm going to start off by sending 10% of it. <laughs> Just, why just 10%? Well, I want to see if the mailman's crooked. <laughs> yeah, I want to see if he'll take it on up there. Oh, look, it's been fantastic having wow, you. Wow, it's been a drag to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you just stand there and look dumb. That's, yeah. that's all I've been doing for the past 15 minutes. I've been having a ball. Well, I'll tell you what. What? Elwee Zimmerly is out of her condition. Oh, she is. And rolling in the sidewalk. She's ready, huh? Yeah. <laughs> ready. One She's meter? Ready. Why not? By God. Good night, everybody. Let's go. <laughs> One, two, three, four.
you miss me. <laughs> from my hair Jake lose all them little thorns What's the spring clear doing on So damn early in the morn Crawling home at 5 a.m. Lord, the sidewalk sure is hard I drank too much again Help me make it through the yard I don't know what's right or left I'm too drunk to even stand Why the devil won't you help me Please take your foot off of my Coffee on the stove. Now we'll go try to find your car. I can't hack it all alone. Help me make it through the yard. Get through the yard. Hey. I drink alone. 
us when the band was hot Now we're gonna give it one more shot We're getting old, we must be crazy We're putting on the makeup again It covers up a bunch of wrinkled skin You bring the bread, we'll make the gravy You keep on spending, we'll keep on singing
That was Bob Rivers, Comedy Corporation, one hand in a light socket, along with I Used to Rock and Roll All Night and I Drink Cologne. Pinkerton Bowden helped me make it through the yard. Hoyt Axton, the Lightning Bar Blues, and Hudson and Landry, five points, started the set. My friends... Let's say we take care of some pubic cervix announcements as I rip these guys off of the handy-dandy bathroom-type dispenser roll. Friends, you know, the Humane Society of the United States, in its constant battle to end animal neglect, cruelty, and abuse, encourages Americans to take the following actions in support of animals. Make sure your pet wears an ID tag and is microchipped. Make sure your pet has a complete yearly physical. And make sure you have a plan for your pet in the event of a disaster. And make sure your pet is spayed or neutered. For more information, go to www.humanesociety.org. This message brought to you by the Humane Society of the United States. Unlike the inhumane music we are quote-unquote enjoying now, the world's worst opera singer, Florence Foster Jenkins. And friends, if you work out of your home, stop and read your homeowner's policy today. You may need to purchase additional insurance coverage to fully insure your business property. Don't leave your home-based business unprotected. This message is from the Better Business Bureau. And want to get wacky on WAIF? Then tune in to the Novelty Records Radio Show every Friday night, Sunday morning, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Join your host... The Rock and Roll Doctor, Friday evenings beginning at 11 as he plays the very best in comedy, novelty, and dementia music. A show of fun, music, and laughter exclusively on 88.3 WAIF Cincinnati. For more information about the uh, show, check out the website at www.myspace.com slash djrockdoc. enough of all those cop shows? Of course not. That's why you'll love the Cop Channel. Constant cop shows 24 hours a day. Tonight at 8, Tyne Daly teams up with the world's smartest police dog on Cagney and Lassie. Okay, Slimeball, hold it right there. Right, right. I'll do whatever you want. Just keep that drooling mud away from me. Don't you call my lassie a mutt. I was talking to the dog. Then at nine, Richard Simmons hits the streets of San Francisco as an undercover cop in an all-new dragnet. Up against the wall and spread him, bucko. At ten o'clock, he's bad, he's blue, and he's taking Sesame Street back from the bad guys. He's the Rookie Monster. Hold right there, creep. Me see you. Drop cookie and move away from jar. Uh-oh. 
So come check out the lineup tonight on the Cop Channel. Constant cop shows 24 hours a day. It's positively arresting. Hi, fellow dead people. Billy Mays here. Are your clouds dirty? Is your harp smudgy? Have you noticed unsightly stains on your pearly gates? Then why not try the proven stain lifter that keeps everything white and bright? Angel Clean. Angel Clean washes away dirt, grease, and grime to keep your spot in heaven sparkly clean. Angel Clean does it all. Just look at the shine on this halo. Here's St. Peter's white robe before and after Angel Clean. Wow! But hey, don't take my word for it. Angel Clean lifted the Jesus juice right out of my gloves and didn't scratch a single sequin. <laughs> I got a little shaky after my fifth drink. No worries. Angel Clean scrubbed away my toughest Bloody Mary stains. hi -oh! Angel Clean works like magic, and it comes with no lifetime guarantee because you're already dead. It even has the stamp of approval from the big man himself, Angel Clean. Plus, if you order now, I'll send you a bonus bottle of Sin Clean, the patented sin washer, absolutely free. Oh, I'll take a bottle of that. Don't wait. Order now. My name is Limud Moon, and I ain't got the IQ of a rusty bucket. I don't know much, but I do know this. I found out what an expert is. You do know what an expert is, right? An expert is somebody that knows more and more about less and less until they know everything about nothing. That's your expert. My name is Limud Moon, and I don't know much, but I do know that. Thank you for your time. And now, another forgettable moment in American history. Presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton on the campaign trail January 27, 2007. We face a lot of evil men, you know, people like Osama bin Laden comes to mind. And what in my background equips me to deal with evil and bad men? Well, that's absolutely brilliant! This has been another forgettable moment in American history. Helen, did, did you buy $5,000 worth of DVDs from NakedFatGuys.com? DVDs? No. Well, someone used our credit card online, and, and who made all these calls to Argentina? Identity theft costs millions of dollars a year and can ruin your finances, your credit rating, and your life. That's why we at Near State Insurance now offer Identity Theft Insurance. If anyone out there steals your identity, we will replace it with an identity of equal value. Helen, the, the new bill came in. There's no unusual activity on it, but why is it made out to Dolores Renfield? When those online thieves stole my credit card information, Near State gave me a new identity. So I'm married to Dolores Renfield now? That's me. Debt free. Hot. Near State Identity Theft Insurance. We may not be able to get your good name back, but we will get you one just as good. In a world where a man and a woman can be a man and a woman. Come on, let's go. I'm almost ready. We're going to be late. In a world where dogs bark at parked cars. <laughs> 
in a world where the road meets destiny. Hey, there's destiny. She really looks hot. In a world where all movie trailers begin to sound alike. Is that the kind of person you really think I am? In a world. This is awesome. In a world. A movie about cute stuff that happens every day with Pratt Falls. <laughs> and falling in love. And pointless trailers. Like this one. In a world. At a theater near you. Now, Mega Giant Global Microcomnet Corporation brings you This Week in Internet History. Brought to you by Scam.com, the best and easiest place to embezzle online. Now for our host, Walter Windshield. Hello, I am Walter Windshield, and welcome to This Week in Internet History. It was five and one half years ago today when the very first email chain letter was started. It all began when Mrs. Mary Spangler of Peoria, Illinois, sat alone at her computer and composed an erroneous email describing her hideous battle against planters wards. She begged people to forward her chain letter to everyone they knew, claiming that magic wart gods would cure her disgusting disease and the sender would also be protected from getting planters warts themselves. Now, five and one half years later, Mary's email chain letter has come back to haunt her. She has been forwarded her own original letter over 14 billion times and has been the recipient of over 22 billion spam mails. Consequently, Mary hung herself with her own mouse cable. And she did not even suffer from planters warts. I am Walter Windshield for This Week in Internet History. Good morning, Cincinnati. Bob Shreve here, and I'd just like to say that the Late Late Show is the most despicable program I've ever heard in my life, and I never miss it. I never listen to it, and I never miss it. So roll him, Charlie. I think he's the Antichrist. When I think of the time and the money I've wasted on your training, and you still turn out to be a blithering idiot, you're an utter failure. You make me sick. Ever wonder why Middle Eastern Muslim terrorists are so quick to volunteer on a mission to commit suicide, this document says. Just take a closer look at their lifestyle, this document says. No premarital sex, no booze, none, never. Sand, and sand everywhere. No TV, no cable TV, no satellite TV, no Spice Channel, no Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Sand, and sand everywhere. No organised sport of any kind, that's right, no sports. Women are to be completely covered and wear veils. No thongs, no Victoria's Secret, very, very few cars. Camels, lots of camels, stinking, filthy camel sand, and sand everywhere. Ever try to fish at an oasis? Sandstorms, more and sand everywhere. Rags for clothes and hats, camel and goat burgers cooked over burning camel tongue chips. Toilet tissues unknown, sand. Sand everywhere, no golf, just sand traps. Constant wailing next door. Now, wait a minute, that's music. Playing five times a day for what? More of this life? Oh, and did I mention the fucking sand? And when you die, it's supposed to get better. No wonder they volunteer for suicide missions. Good day. How's it going? Okay. Boy, like, I don't know what's going on. Why, why the, uh, the, the letters didn't come up? The letters? Yeah. Oh, oh. there they are. Okay. Good day. Welcome to the Great White North uh, Canadian Corner. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? And today's topic, what was it? Uh, how well, come Americans yeah, right, have, right, like, right. twist-off beer caps? Yeah, okay. And so, like, Canadians don't. This is Canadian beer, right? And, like, here's a regular top, and you open it, right? But American ones, we don't, oh, they don't have any, right? They twist off. Yeah. You ever seen them? 
Yeah, I have. I was talking to them. Okay, so they go like jam or uh, ketchup or other t uh, twist offs. The American beer is like that. Why is our topic? Okay, go. Okay, the reason why, eh, is that Canadian beer is like stronger, has more alcohol in it. Really? Yeah. And Americans gotta drink more, so they don't have time to look for uh, church keys and openers. So they just like whoop, whip them up and drink, whip them up and drink, whip them up and drink, and that way they get more down uh, in them in less time, and then get the same effect. But my question to you guys is, why? Why not just put more alcohol in your beer, and then you don't have to twist them all off, eh? Right. Plus, you'll then buy uh, more of these and keep the guys who make these in business. And it's better for business and everything. And beer. Better beer. Um, give me a smoke, please. Sure. How did you know that about, like, more alcohol in Canadian beer? Because it says so on the label, hose head. You never read that I read labels of everything I eat because I worry about my body. And I especially read labels on everything I drink. Because to me... Holy jeez. Five, five percent alcohol. Jeepers. <coughs> Ball. What's a, what's uh, American? What? What's American beer? Oh, uh, less. I forget. Yeah, I read labels, but I don't memorize labels. I just read labels. Okay then. I don't. Let me repeat. Don't memorize labels. Okay, that's our show for day. Good day. I think that was like our best show ever. Okay. Hi. Hello. Are you waiting for the bus? Uh, yes, I am, actually. Hmm. I notice you're not wearing any galoshes. Uh, no, I'm not. It's uh, sunny out there. No need for galoshes. I'm wearing galoshes. <laughs> galoshes. Uh-huh. Did you read the paper today? Uh, no, I haven't had a Did chance. Did you read the thing about the Eskimos? No. Well, the article was saying that the Eskimos will eat the fat from the whale. Oh, yeah. Do you know what that's called? Uh, no, I don't. Blubber. Ah, right. Blubber. Yeah, blubber. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Blubber. Right. The Eskimos eat the blubber. Uh-huh. And the blubber will come from different kinds of whales, you know? Oh, yeah. Sometimes it will come from a beluga whale. Uh-huh. Beluga. Right, yeah. <laughs> they don't wear galoshes. Who, the, the whales? No, the Eskimos. Oh, no, that's right, they don't. They wear mucklucks. Uh-huh. Mucklucks. That's right, mucklucks. Mucklucks. Yeah, mucklucks. <laughs> Say it again. Mucklucks. Say it louder. Mucklucks. <laughs> Good, eh? Yeah, it is a good one. I didn't want to say it, but I like say, it. Yeah. Say, say, galoshes. Galoshes. <laughs> good, eh? Yeah, it's good. Galoshes. Galoshes. <laughs> Baluga. Baluga. <laughs> blubber, 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 blubber. Mucklock. Blubber. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, um, I didn't mean to interrupt whatever it is you were doing there. Uh, no, um, it's okay. Okay, uh, I just wanted to know if this is where the bus stops. Uh, yeah, yeah they should be here any minute, actually. Oh, I see. Well... Sorry to disturb you. That's okay. Yeah, we were just, uh... <laughs> Sir. Yes? Psst. Yeah? Look over there. Across the street? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. See that lady? Yes. 
What kind of hairstyle does she have? Uh, that looks like a bouffant. Yes, a bouffant. Yes, a bouffant. Uh, actually, I, I couldn't help uh, noticing that myself. It, it's sort of what you might call a a bulbous bouffant. Yes, a bulbous bouffant. Bulbous bouffant. Bouffant. Blubber. Galoshes. <laughs> Mucklock. Bulbous bouffant. Mucklock, Macadamia. Oh, macadamia. Gazebo. Bulbous bouffant. Macadamia. Gazebo. Bulbous bouffant. Macadamia. Gazebo. Bulbous bouffant. Macadamia. Gazebo. Bulbous bouffant. Blubber. Macadamia. Blubber. Gazebo. Bulbous bouffant. Plethora. Macadamia. Blubber. Gazebo. Bulbous bouffant. Plethora. Macadamia. Gazebo. Tuberculosis. Bus. Ah, here comes the bus. Oh, yeah. Good. About this time every day, we like to give you another episode of the great uh, daytime drama. Uh, I used to call them cereals way back when. Now, cereals have little, uh, little green marshmallows in them, you know, but they... Uh, as a daytime drama, and I, uh, of course, I'm just kidding. I mean, I've been following Adventures of Dr. Dog and Dr. Bob, Dr. Ben and Dr. Bill, and all those doctors and lawyers down there at Lawyer's Hospital. So let's roll today's episode right now. Lawyer's Hospital, take it away, please. And now... Stay tuned for another exciting chapter of Lawyer's Hospital. Tough job this morning, Dr. Dog. I, I had to remove two radials from that Jibberson boy's larynx. There's still a snow tire in there somewhere. He's a very special boy. He is now. Something I picked up in uh, medical school in Mexico. 
working a little hard recently, haven't you, Dr. Dog? <laughs> you know, Dr. Dog. Do you know, do you know Dr. Dog? No, no, no. No, no, I... You're, you're Dr. Dog, aren't you? You were Dr. Dog. No, I, I'm Dr. I don't Bob. have my nameplate. Where's my nameplate? It's my, oh, it's in that patient. That's right. Uh, this is morning. Well, I feel terrible. Oh, yeah, Jumbo fixed me some of that new chicken in a body bag last night, you know? Our, our new sponsor. Oh, yeah. well, I'm afraid the chicken wasn't quite dead yet. Uh, so you'd probably like me to... Uh... Oh, yes. Uh, would you mind terribly uh, blowing me out before lunch? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you know, I've never minded pumping you out, Dr. Barber. But I've got to make a very special visit to a very special patient. You mean to Bambi? I'm not mean to Bambi. She likes it that way. to see you out of bed for a change. Well, you finally got up off me, Dr. John. Doctor knows best. Yes. And I'm so happy to see that the biopsy was a success. Oh, 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 And I have some more good news for you, Midge. Congratulations are in order. The rabbit died. Yes, and your father lived. Oh, oh, oh that's so good, because if he had died, it would have killed him, Dr. Tom. <laughs> 
Oh, Midge, don't talk like that. You, you've been so, so awfully brave and so terribly, terribly beautiful through all this. Oh, Don, you know how to touch a woman. It's a kind of combination we don't often find here at Lawyer's Hospital. Oh, yes, the doctors are brave and the lawyers are beautiful, but to find them both together in one magnificent body bag like yours... The other one, the other one. Oh, 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 oh. More than a happily married doctor like me can stand. I could become addicted, Mitch. Oh, 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 like a box without a bottom. I'm falling. I'm no, falling. Mitch, 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 no, don't say a word. I, I want to remember you always the way you are now because... Ow, 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 ow. Oh, you naughty little teapot. <laughs> because after the operation, there'll be nothing to remember you by except the parts. Oh, Dad. Oh, Dad. Don't, don't leave me now. I've got to leave you for a very special patient. You mean to Bambi? I'm not mean to Bambi. She likes it that way. Oh, bitch, 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 bitch. I'm the icebox man at our house. I'm... Icebox man! I answer the call when there's a need at the icebox. Two very important responsibilities. The first one is keeping people from standing with the door to the refrigerator open for more than 45 minutes at a time. God, that gets me mad. You want to close that goddamn door, please? You want to close the door? You're letting out all of the coldness I saved overnight. Come on, close the door. You know, some guy smoked eight joints and he's going to inventory my refrigerator. Um, um, uh... Here, here's $50. Get down to the Burger King. What do you got? I'll save more than that on electricity alone. Close the goddamn door, will you? Look, if you want to know what's in there, why don't you take a Polaroid picture and go away and look at the picture and then come back and figure out what you want? Years ago, we didn't have Polaroid cameras. We had to make an oil painting of what was in there. Well, I don't let it get me down. Because there's a bigger responsibility. And that is getting into that refrigerator and deciding which things need to be thrown away. Most people will not take that responsibility. Most people will just go and get what they want, leave everything else alone and say, well, someone else wants that. Someone else will eat that. Meanwhile, the thing is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and is in fact stuck to the rack. Well, I've got to go in there and decide when to throw things away. Chocolate pudding? Does anyone want this last chocolate pudding? I have just one chocolate pudding left. It's only pulled away from the side of the dish about three inches all the way around. And there's a huge fault running through the center of the pudding. Actually, it's nothing but a ball of skin at this point. Does anyone want a ball of fault-ridden chocolate pudding skin? I'm only going to throw it away. Do people do that with you? offer you some food that if you don't eat it, they're only going to throw it away. Well, doesn't that make you feel dandy? Here's something to eat, Dave. Hurry up, it's spoiling. Something for you, Angela. Eat quickly, that green pot is moving. Here, Bob, eat this before I give it to an animal. You ever been looking through the refrigerator and you come across an empty plate? 
Boy, that starts me to wondering. Did something eat something else? Maybe the olives ate the tuna. Maybe that chicken isn't really dead yet. Actually, I picture a little mouse with gloves and a parka on, you know. Just waiting for the lights to go out. Perhaps the worst thing that can happen is to reach into the refrigerator and come out with something that you cannot identify at all. You literally do not know what it is. Could be meat. Could be cake. Usually at a time like that, I'll bluff. Honey, is this good? Well, what is it? I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. It looks like meat cake. Well, smell it. It has absolutely no smell whatsoever. It's good. Put it back. Somebody is saving it. It'll turn up in something. That's what frightens me. That someone will consider it a challenge and use it just because it's in there. It's a leftover. What a sad word that is. Leftover. How would you like to be a leftover? Well, it wouldn't be bad if they were taking people out to be shot. I might even volunteer. But you know, leftovers make you feel good twice. Do you ever think about that? Leftovers give you two separate good feelings. When you first put them away, you feel really intelligent. I'm saving food. And then, after a month, when hair is growing out of them, and you throw them away, you feel really intelligent. I'm saving my life. <laughs> when you make a sandwich at home, do you reach down past the first three or four pieces of bread to go down and get the good bread? It's kind of a self-preservation thing, you know? What you're really saying is, let my family eat the rotten bread. I'll take care of numero uno. And down you go into the loaf, down looking for the two that you want, a matching pair. And you have to be careful pulling them out so they don't tear. And then when you get them to the top, the upper eight slices fall the other way. I never straighten them out. I think, screw it, let them think a burglar made a sandwich. Not my job, straightening out the bread. Gotta tell me, in the refrigerator, who is it, please, that puts into the refrigerator the half-gallon containers of milk with only that much left in them? I get one of those every time. Hey, here's some milk. God, not enough to drink. Better put that back, huh? I know my responsibility.
George Carlin, Icebox Man. Before that, we heard from Firesign Theater, Lawyer's Hospital, The Vestibules with Bulbous Buffont, Bob and Doug McKenzie, The Great White North with Twist Off Tops, and a little gem I gleaned off of the web, Arab Suicide Bombers. Friends, it is 3.04, you're in tune with what radio was meant to be. This is WAIF Cincinnati. You're in tune with The Late Late Show. I'm Ed Clayton. And once again, friends, portions of this program, if performed correctly, may be considered offensive or unsuitable for some listeners. And if you are offended by such programming, this would make a terrific time to tune away. Leave the room, turn the radio off, do something. You can come back to WAIF at 5 a.m. when the good pastor and sister Walker shall be along to present Open Your Bible. Numbers to call here at the station, area code 513-961-8900. And you can always log on to www.waferadio.org. All right, friends, stick around, stay tuned. Much more to come your way, only on The Late Late Show, 88.3 WAIF Cincinnati. My name is Limud Moon. And I ain't got the IQ of a flat tire. I don't know much, but I do know this. Other day I was looking through my top drawer in my dresser, and I discovered I've been the victim of a theft. Yeah, somebody stole my mood ring. I'm not sure how I feel about that. My name is Limud Moon, and I don't know much, but I do know that. Thank you for your time. I never thought I'd own a minivan, but have you seen the new Dodge Vagabond? Look at this. Sliding doors on both sides. Pretty neat, huh? And the seats fold down, or come out, or go back into a bed like this. And check this out. The windshield comes out for extra leg space. And take off the roof, and it's a boat. Oh, almost forgot. The tire well in the back. It's also a toilet. Oh, wait. Don't forget the steering wheel. It comes off to make a nice end table. Oh, yes. And the floor opens to a basement den. And one more thing. The spare tire. It's a satellite dish for the TV in the glove compartment. And watch this. Pull off the shell, raise the wheels, and lower the bed. And you've got a pickup truck. Pretty smart stuff. I gotta go. If you need me, I'll be in the back, swimming. Hey, Fred, where'd you get that tiny little tractor? It ain't a tractor, it's a Yamaha. Oh, hell, they don't make tractors, they make motorcycles. No, gone it, it ain't a tractor, it's a Yamaha Trimoto from Early Cycle Center. Well, what the hell you need a little tiny tractor like that for? I said it ain't a tractor, and I got it for herding my cows, working on the fences, you know, getting around on the farm. Well, you gotta pick them up truck for that. I know, but this here three-wheeler from Early Cycle Center uses about a tenth as much gas as that damn old truck, and it's a hell of a lot more fun, too. I can haul my fence in a on this big old damn rack on the back, and with the ultra-low gear, I can get up in the woods and pull them f***ing logs down the hill where the tractor won't go. No sh**. Hell yeah. Sure looks like a little tiny tractor. It ain't a 
fucking tractor, damn it. It's a Yamaha Trimoto. I think I'll get me one of them little tractors. It ain't a fucking tractor. Well, look at them big damn knobby tractor-looking tires. You scum-sucking son of a bitch, it ain't a tractor. Take a look at the Yamaha Trimoto from Early Cycle Center on Route 42 south of Harrisonburg. It'll outpull, outwork, outrun, and out almost anything in its class. And it's not a f***ing tractor. Have you seen these uh, commercials on TV for nut and honey? You know, with the cute couple kind of talking back and forth. I tell you, they'll throw anything into cereal these days. You notice that's like Wheaton Brand, Cracklin Brand, Corn and Oats, Hall and Oats. What is next? From the makers of nut and honey comes a brand new breakfast cereal with a name that'll cause even more problems. What are you eating there, Private? Uh, nothing, homo. Why, you did uh, Yes, new nothing, homo. It's just crunchy nuts and grade-A homogenized milk. What are you eating, Lance? Nothing, homo. Lance, please, not in front of my wife. Nutritious nothing, homo. New from the makers of Fruit Loops. And then the Lord said, Let there be light. And lo, there was light. From the same people who brought you the much-beloved Talking Bible comes a new ten-volume set, brilliantly updated for the 80s. Yes, it's the Rapping Bible. There was dark everywhere. Then the man said, light. And the light was there. He said, I've done good, there's no doubt. On the seventh day, he just chilled out. Genesis, Genesis, beginning of that, beginning of this. Finally, the good book is bad, and his word is nasty. Check it out. There's a town called Sodom and Gomorrah. Everybody partied like no tomorrow. God looked down, said, not my fault. Don't look back or you'll turn to some. Lot's wife took a peek, started to freak. The cow came up and licked her cheek. Take a lick, y'all, of a cheek, y'all. Imagine all the psalms, all the parables, every sacred biblical word interpreted by the finest sucker MCs of all time. Genesis! Exodus! Deuteronomy! The Rapping Bible, making his word fresh again. And then the Lord said, Let there be light. And lo, there was light. From the same people who brought you the much-beloved Talking Bible comes a new ten-volume set, brilliantly updated for the 80s. Yes, it's the Rapping Bible. There was dark everywhere. Then the man said, Light! And the light was there. He said, I've done good, there's no doubt. On the seventh day, he just chilled out. Genesis, Genesis, beginning of that, beginning of this. Finally, the good book is Genesis. bad, and his word is nasty. Check it out. There's a town called Sodom and Gomorrah. Everybody partied like no tomorrow. God looked down, said, not my fault. Don't look back or you'll turn to some. Lot's wife took a peek, started to freak. The cow came up and licked her cheek. Take a lick, y'all, of a cheek, y'all. Imagine all the psalms, all the parables, every sacred biblical word interpreted by the finest sucker MCs of all time. Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy. The Rapping Bible, making his word fresh again. I'm Ted Koppel, and this is Punchline. There's been a major breakthrough in the science of male contraception. ABC's Barbara Walters has more. Ted, I'm here at the University of Louisville Laboratory with Dr. Richard Robinson, who's invented a new birth control pill for men. 
Doctor, what does this pill do? Well, it's actually very simple, Barbara. A man puts it in his shoe, and it makes him limp. Ted? Tomorrow night, we cross a praying mantis with a termite and get an insect that says grace before it eats your house. Oh, come on. I'm Ted Koppel, and this is Punchline. You're kidding me. My time card at the plant I tried to be a pleasant guy But lately I just can't Overwork and underpay Are poison in my mind Until I'm on a bar stool I don't believe it's quitting time I need industrial strength Tranquilizer Shot of old crow And a glass of Budweiser To help survive inflation With falling pay takes industrial strength, tranquilizer, shot of old crow, and a glass of Budweiser to help the working man through the working day. Bosses in the boardroom talk of productivity, but they just mean to put the screws to working stiffs like me. If we're good and work real hard, we save our pay until... We're able to afford the kind of crap they make us build. I need industrial strength, tranquilizer, shot of old crow, and a glass of Budweiser to help survive inflation with falling pay. It takes industrial strength, tranquilizer, shot of old crow, and a glass of Budweiser to help the working man through the working day. here amongst the employees some of us are street smart and some have phds we're all bored and tired but we've all found ways to cope some of us drank after work the rest of us smoke dope i need industrial strength tranquilizer shot of old crow and a glass of budweiser to help survive inflation with fall and pain Shot of old crow and a glass of Budweiser to help the working man through the working day. To help this working man through the working day. Hey, good people. Can I call you people? Joy Gridnick here. You know, I never miss Ed Clayton. I never listen, so I never miss it. Anything about that seem unusual to you? He's just spitting out words to see where they splatter. How about NASCAR? They ought to make their wives ride with them in NASCAR. That'd be something. <laughs> I can hear him in there now, bitching. <laughs> you don't know where the hell you're going, do you? <laughs> we have been going in circles for two hours out here. Now pull over, I gotta pee. They won't take Winston out of NASCAR. Who's going to sponsor NASCAR if they get rid of Winston? Where are they going to get the stay-free mini-pads in there? 
might be some good racing right there. Well, we got 43 cars in the Kotex Cup this year. There's Jeff Gordon in the number 24 Strawberry Dew Chevy Monte Carlo out there. There's Dick Trickle and the Syphilis Ford coming out there, Paul. <laughs> How'd you get tickets to the Tampon 200? <laughs> well, my daddy pulled some strings and he got some pretty good tickets. <laughs> sing you a song here. I'm going to sing you a song. I just busted up with my girlfriend tomorrow. Yeah, she said I cheated on her, which is a lie. I said I didn't pay attention to her, which is a lie. And I told her, I said, Cindy, or Jennifer. No, but she, it was just her cooking. I had to leave her. She just can't cook. She went to get me some eggs the other day, make an omelet, and open them up, and some pantyhose come out of them, you know. Betty Crocker sends her hate mail. But she cheated on me with another man, and that was wrong. I wrote this song about her. I hope you like this song. You ever hear that song, Amarillo by Morning by George Strait? All right. This don't sound nothing near it all even close. That song there. Took me about four months to write this. Hope you like it. She cheated on me. That's wrong. Girlfriend's a whore. <laughs> That's all I got so far, right there. Right there. <laughs> yeah, I figured I had the main lyrics in, you know. That's all right. Now, here's a real song I wrote about. I hope you like it. It's called I Can't Get Over You Till You Get Out From Under Him. <laughs> all right, I'm your kid. All right. That ain't funny. That ain't funny. This is a song I wrote about an illegal Mexican. Yeah, hitchhiking through Texas. I'm going to call it El Paso. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. You want to hear my impression of Elton John? Yeah. All right. He's queer. <laughs> All right. That's the impression that I get. All right. That's just my impression. I don't know about y'all. Nah. Hope you like this song. Sing along if you know what it's called. My grandma's got worms. That explains why she's been dragging her butt on the carpet. Here we go. Wait, wait. All right. Hey, did y'all have fun tonight? I hope y'all had a good time. Did you have fun? Hope you had fun tonight. I appreciate you coming out. And remember, everybody makes fun of a redneck until their car breaks down. Uh, that's a big thing to remember. I appreciate y'all coming out to see me. Y'all being real good to me here. And, uh, and I want to tell you, <laughs> can we have security? Can we have security over here, please? <laughs> All right, I'll get that. I'll get that. I'll, I'll do that for you. Ladies and gentlemen, Lewis Black.
thanks. <laughs> I told my friends that I was going to make a CD. And to give you an idea how smart my friends are, they said, well, what kind of CD? <laughs> I said, N -n nothing but love songs. But what if I did come up here and just, just didn't even do comedy, just sat here and a cappella sang about ten f and love songs in a row? <laughs> Never even mention it, just go on and on. I love Wisconsin. I love coming here. I perform here uh, a lot because I've discovered that you people apparently have some sort of federal grant for drinking. It's, you're insane. You pay less for liquor than anybody I know anywhere in the country. Nobody pays less for liquor than you. What are you, what are you, what are you, how, how? I don't know if you're using that farm subsidy money or if you're just hijacking liquor trucks, but this is fucking insane. Uh, is it volume? It's unbelievable. It's staggering. I come here because basically if I spend four days here drinking, it, it, and even with the plane ticket, it's cheaper than drinking in New York. How do you know when it's New Year's? That's the big mystery to me. What's the difference? I've been in bars here and it's like New Year's every night. Oh, New Year's, that's when we, we, we drink with hats on. Now, I've been drunker here than any place else I've ever been in my life. And remember this, you were not, you were not alcoholics. You, and my hat is off, are professionals. Fall is here, and all I have to say is, fuck fall. <laughs> fall, I hate the fall. I, but, but, bullshit. Oh, the leaves change color. They change color for two days. Then a big wind comes, you got nothing but sticks for the rest of the year. And then the weather is completely nonsense. You, you, there's never, you don't even have a proper fall coat. Nothing you wear is right. You wake up, it's sunny out, you put a coat on, you go out, you're sweating like a pig, you take it off. Then it's cold, it's bullshit. Sun's out, you're sweating, but there's a breeze, so you're freezing. It's not weather, it's malaria. Weather's 90, it's 30, it's 80, it's 20, and my balls can't take it. Big and then small bigs. Apparently I can't have kids because my sperm are gagging. Weather in this country is completely nuts, and nobody gives a shit. It's completely out of control. There was a Hurricane Lenny, why the fuck they gave it that name, that's going, it's in, the, it's, it's in the Caribbean, it's going from west to east. And that's never happened. It's never happened! You don't think some shit is up? And nobody's panicked? I'm fucking panicked. In all the time there have been hurricanes, it's always gone this, now it's going that way. 
No explanation from the Weather Channel, that group of assholes. How far gone are we as a nation that we need 24 hours a day of weather? Nobody knows how to do it in two minutes. We're insane. And they're all, every one of them is just, a, a, one is more full of shit than the next. It's the worst storm ever, it's the worst. Don't go out, don't go out, don't go out. There's going to be an inch of snow, it's the worst inch of snow. I was watching the Weather Channel because I was going to fly down south and Hurricane Floyd was out in the Caribbean. And so, they, this is what they said. The information, they said the Hurricane Floyd would be hitting the, the, the coast of the United States in five days and that it would hit somewhere, somewhere between Miami and New England. <laughs> why did they bother? Why, why, why the f*** open your mouth? Why not just, uh, okay, uh, Hurricane Floyd is coming and um, we're going to go to a commercial. <laughs> and if you're in a place and they tell you a hurricane's coming, run! You get your sh you get out the door, and if the kids don't move fast enough, fuck them, drive away. <laughs> They'll be there when you get back. They're malleable, they bounce, they'll be under a tree. <laughs> it was fun! I lived through a hurricane. Literally, the, the heart of a hurricane. The wind gets louder and louder, the house shakes, then it gets quiet and calm. So you think everything's okay, open the door and it's flying by. Dogs and cats, appliances, my friends. And you know what they call that hurricane? Bob. I don't know a lot. I know this, Bob is not a hurricane. Bob is an insurance salesman from Topeka, Kansas. You meet Bob when you're stuck in an airport cocktail lounge for two hours because they've been, the, the, the airport's been watching the Weather Channel. And you're stuck next to Bob and Bob stops talking about his wife and kids and he buys you some drinks and he shows you pictures of the family and you start to think, hey, Bob's not a bad guy. And then Bob tries to sell you insurance. You have to go, fuck you, Bob. That is a Bob. Why do they give hurricanes names anyway? What's the concept behind this? Why don't they use that time wisely and try to learn more about the weather? <laughs> hurricane, hurricane Andrew? Why would you call Hurricane Andrew? Did the hurricane show up in a little cravat and a dicky? <laughs> Smelling a polo, sipping a Perrier, going scurry, scurry, Andy's here. <laughs> what do they call tornado? Tornado. You get the message. They don't go, tornado, Timmy's coming, flee! <laughs> why, you know, why, if they're going to give a hurricane a name, give it a name that applies, like Hurricane Jesus Christ on a crutch! <laughs> Followed by the next big one, Hurricane Holy f***ing Moses! <laughs> All right, the weathermen are so full of shit, it, it defies description. Al Roker, that big fat f***. Oh, he's intolerable. Man doesn't know about the weather. He was the weatherman in New York City, 
And three years ago, we had a blizzard, or you here in Madison would say, a dusting. <laughs> we had, we were supposed to have, according to Al, four to 12 inches of snow. That's his prediction. We had 36 inches. <laughs> Giving him the benefit of the doubt, he's two feet off. That's not even in the ballpark. If you were a roofer and you built a roof, and it was two feet off, you'd still be serving time. <laughs> Al Roker makes $1.5 million a year as a weather person. That's what he was making, as a weather person. And he doesn't know anything. <laughs> For $1.5 million, any one of us in this room could do the weather. Not only do the weather, we could do the weather with a gorilla f***ing us in the ass. Yes, you could. Don't even back off that one. If I had a million five, you'd be glad to see Simba at work every day. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got a big cloud cover coming. Oh! And the only time you get upset is when you find out that the gorilla's making two million. What does meteorologist mean in English? It means liar. What's the best job you can have in the world? It's being the weather person in San Diego, California. Doesn't get any better than that. You're on TV for less than a minute. They go, you know, you get a six-figure income. What's the weather going to be like, Lou? Nice. Back to you. I knew that the weather in this country was out of control when 10 years ago I was in Boston, Massachusetts, and in four days I experienced five seasons. It was 30, it was 60, it was 90, then it was 12! On the last day, there was thunder, lightning, and snow. And I hadn't done drugs. Because when you're lying in bed, and you hear thunder outside, and you get up to look, you have an expectation. And it's not snow with lightning behind it. That's fucked up. They don't even write about that kind of weather in the Bible. And I imagine if a prophet had seen that kind of weather after he wiped the poop out of his pants, he'd have told us about it. <laughs> I was supposed to work that night. I said, I'm not coming in. I am scared shitless. Because <laughs> I know what the next season's going to be. Locusts. <laughs> and there will come a time, mark my words, where there will be a season of just great big giant frogs that fall from the sky. Oh, you can look at me like I'm crazy, but you'll be watching that other maniac, that Willard Scott. I'm serious. He scares the shit out of me. He smiles so much, I don't think the man has a central nervous system. And I'm going to tell you this. If you wake up in the morning and you watch the Today Show and you're happy because Willard is happy and Al is happy, kill yourself. Now, you'll see Willard Scott one morning. He'll be standing in front of the Washington Monument. He'll be dressed in a chipmunk outfit, and frogs will be bouncing off his head. He'll be going, giant frogs, giant frogs. What can I say? Back to you. <laughs> Everybody knows why the weather in this country is out of control. is because we lost the ozone layer. Well, if we lost it, why don't we put it on milk cartons, try to find it? How stupid are we, the most technologically advanced culture in the history of mankind, to live without an ozone layer? Okay? We have men, we've got rockets, we've got saran wrap. Fix it! We put domes over our sports arenas. 
The only thing we've come up with to deal with the fact that we have no ozone layer is sunblock. And I don't trust that shit at all. Why would you? The people who told us about sunblock are the same people when I was a kid were telling me that eggs were good. So I ate a lot of eggs. Ten years later, they said they were bad. And what about just take the eggs? So I stopped eating eggs, and ten years later, they said they were good again. Well, now I ate twice as many eggs, and then they said they were bad. And I went, well, now I'm really f***ed. Then they said, they're good, they're bad, they're good. The whites are good, the, the yellows, but make up your mind. It's breakfast, I gotta eat. You ever read the ingredients in sunblock? I've never seen those words anywhere. You don't even know what you're putting on your face, do you? You go, oh, no, the sun's out. It could be zebra. You don't know. You don't know. You may not like that joke, but you don't know. I don't, I, I, you know, the, the, the thing about sunblock is, is you're going to go to your doctors in about 10 years. Your doctor's going to look at you and go, your, your chart here is out. What? Your cholesterol is out of control. What have you been doing? Well, I've been eating really well and running and I've been doing everything right. Yeah, have you been using sunblock? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you shouldn't trust that shit. What are you doing? You could have had all the sausage you wanted. Uh-huh. I don't use sunblock. Instead, I use a, a very fine American product that really works well. Crisco. Oh, it's tremendous. For a buck seventy-five, you get a tub. You can share it with everybody at the beach. And you never get burnt with Crisco, ever. Because when you start to sizzle, you move your ass. Tonight's monthly meeting of the uh, Pittsburgh Pessimists Club has been canceled. Uh, the chairman just called and said he felt most of the members weren't going to come anyway. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Is, is he still on the I line, think Gary? we do have a guy still there. Is he really? Listen, since, since we got him holding on the line, why don't we just find out what this pessimist club is, is all about. So Hi. let's say hello now to Mr. Norman Negative. Yes. Hello, Mr. Negative. Hello. <laughs> That's uh, Nagativa. Oh, I'm Greek. Oh, right. Well, well, how are you, sir? Oh, I, I'm just fine now, but uh, there's a history of heart disease and tumors in my family that goes way back. <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah, just a matter of time, really. Uh, yes, and uh, how long has the Pittsburgh Pessimist Club been around? Oh, uh, about ten years, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure we're going to fold any day now. I mean, uh, assuming we're not all killed by the earthquake first. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, you, you really are a pessimist. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh -huh. I try, uh, but of course it uh, never really does any good. Oh, of course. So just what do you do at a pessimist's club meeting? Yeah. Well, let's see. First we pass around a little snack. Of course, we never eat it because we're far too concerned about choking or, or poison. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then we fill our glasses half empty. Uh, naturally. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, say a toast to each other's soon-to-be declining health. I see. Then what do you do? <laughs> yeah, and then we make our predictions for the next uh, six months. Oh, oh, and what are they? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, we feel pretty sure that there will be complete and total peace throughout the entire world. Well, gee, that wow. doesn't sound very pessimistic. Well, no, not for those who will survive the Earth's collision with the sun. Oh, goodbye, Mr. Negative. That was a little gem I grabbed off of the web. The Pessimists Club has been canceled. Lewis Black with intro, drinking, and weather. 
Larry the Cable Guy with NASCAR, Wives, and whatever. The Austin Lounge Lizards, Industrial Strength Tranquilizers, began the last set. Friends, so glad to have you tuned in to the Late Late Show. Ed Clayton here. And I do believe it is high time to take care of some pubic cervix announcements as I rip these guys off of the handy-dandy bathroom-type dispenser roll. My friends, do you have a question about Social Security? Most Social Security business can be handled online or by telephone. Just call 1-800-772-1213 between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Or you can visit the website anytime at www.socialsecurity.gov. Also, my friends, sometimes events beyond our control, a job loss, an unexpected tragedy, even divorce, can erase financial resources that make life manageable. An empty refrigerator may just be a paycheck away. Your United Way contribution helps desperate neighbors get back on their feet with a temporary helping hand. Making a difference every way, the United Way. Visit online at www.unitedway.org or call 513-762-7100 to make a difference. And friends, you're invited to tune in to Gene's Bluegrass Breakdown every Saturday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. right here on 88.3 WAIF. Bluegrass running through your radio in the morning makes you want to come alive. What a great way to kick off your Saturday mornings with that first cup of coffee. It's been our pleasure to provide you with great bluegrass music for over 27 years right here on WAIF. My name is Limbled Moon. And I ain't got the brains of a burned-out 8-watt light bulb. I don't know much, but I do know this. You ever notice how the colors red, white, and blue stand for freedom? Unless you see them flashing in the rearview mirror. My name is Limmered Moon, and I don't know much, but I do know that. Thank you for your time. It's Carpet Lick Night at Lesbian Valley Dragway. You've never seen anything like it. Women side by side, flicking their tongues at over 300 miles an hour. See drastic plastic. And other great toys in action. If you attend only one homosexual affair this year, make this the one. Friday night, August 13th, there'll be thunder in the valley at Lesbian Valley. Move over, Honda. Make way, Suzuki. The ultimate two-wheel experience is here. Yes, 5,000 cc's of flaming fury waiting for a man macho enough to tame it. It's the Kamikaze XS, and it'll take you from zero to 200 miles an hour in under six seconds. 
hold tight, because this babe's got everything except brakes. What? The Kamikaze XS. It's the last motorcycle you'll ever ride. And now, another edition of What If? Today, what if Janice Joplin were an Avon lady? time when we'll ask, what if acne scars were attractive? Wow, Keith Richards, what a hug. When next we ask, what if? Hey, Joy Gridnick here, talking about Ed Clayton's show. You know, Ed's not a pheasant feather plucker or a feather plucker son, but he can pluck a pheasant feather until a feather plucker comes. <laughs> that's right. But that's all he can do. I think he's the Antichrist. Hey, what's going on? Hey, uh, listen, I'm going southbound 95, yeah. all right? I'm in, I'm, I'm in this truck, and uh, I ain't no homosexual or nothing. Okay. I've just been in this truck a long time. You got to speak up a little. Can you hear me there, 10 big buddy? Yeah, come on. <laughs> now, I want you to play like you're in, the, you're in the rig next to me, all right? You got to speak up on the CB. You're in the rig next to mine, right? Right. And you're going to tell me, you know, you want to lay on top of me out of respect for the way I handle my rig. <laughs> Okay, let's hear right. you say. You're driving along next to me. Now, speak up. Say it into the CB. Come on. Hey, 10 big buddy. I'm right here on pulling on the side of you here, and I want to lay on top of you for the way you're handling your rig there. No, no. Out of respect for the way you handle your rig. Out of respect the way you're handling your rig. Yeah. Come back, big 10 Yeah, I ain't no homosexual or nothing. I just, uh, you know, I like the way you handle your rig, too, there, Flatbed. You got a powerful control of that rig. and. Uh, Come on here, Chucklehead. Yeah. Come back to me. You're breaking up the time. I'll hear you, buddy. Trucker clock, who wants it? Trucker clock, who wants it? Come on, come on, you, come on with your homosexual truck drivers out there. Talk to Teddy Bear. <laughs> come on, say, come on with your homosexual drivers. Come on with your homosexual drivers. All right, I got one hand on the wheel, one hand on my trucker clock. Come on. I'm gonna pull up in front of you, and I like the way you're handling your rig. I got one hand on my. Clock and one hand on my truck wheel. I'm gonna tell you what, you ain't worth no damn two ninety nine a minute. I'll tell you like it is, but I'm gonna keep talking to you because I'm already excited. Yeah, I've been in this truck a long time. You know, I got a wife and kids at home, but I'll tell you what, they four or five hundred miles from here. It's just me and you out here, son. Well, we need to pull on over at the next restaurant here and I can't pull over. I got miles to go, driver. I just want you to lay on. I know you safe. I just want you to lay on top of me. Not like a homosexual or nothing. Just like, you know, just respect for the way I, the safety in which I handle my rig. Okay, folks. Coming up right beside you there. Uh, oh, yeah. Respect for the way you handle your rig. Oh, yeah, driver. Damn, I almost lost control of my rig. Keep talking to me. Come on. Oh, yeah. Come on, me. I'm slowing up just a little. I'm pulling up on the side of you. Oh, yeah. You feel safe behind me, don't you, trucker? Yeah, right behind you there. Oh, yeah. You're doing a great job there. You stay in control there, buddy. Oh, yeah. I don't even need no power steering, driver. I got a power steering. 
Oh, man. <laughs> He's talking He's to talking somebody to else. Come on, wait oh, Come on, baby. We're going with your gears. I like the way you shift your gears. Down. Yeah, I'm shot down, shifting. I've been climbing these hills. You know, I'm loaded up, too. I'm all loaded up. Oh, yeah? I'm loaded up. You seem like you're carrying a big load there. Oh, yeah. It's a plenty of load there, flatbed. Come on, keep talking to me. Oh, yeah, baby. I like the way you're rolling that big load. Oh, yeah. Come on with your homosexual truck. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. I like the way you're shifting the 18 gears. There. Trucker yeah. clock. Who wants it? Come on. Talk to Teddy Bear. Uh, come on, My name is Limit Moon, and I ain't got the IQ of a busted coffee cup. In fact, I'm going to put it out there on the line and say I don't know what I'm talking about more than anybody else you've ever met. You know they say the early bird get the worm. Well, that may be so, but nobody talks about what happened to the early worm. Think about it. My name is Limit Moon, and I don't know much, but I do know that. Thank you for your time. Friends, this is Reverend Billy Seawix, director of the First House of Polyester Worship and Horizontal Throbbing Teenage Desire, and our First Lady of the White Go-Go Boot, Lord of the 41 Undulating Bubbling Lava Lamp Apocalyptic No Pizza Takeout After 12 Black Velveteen Interfaith Love Tabernacle. I'm so glad you could join us for an hour of faith and mutation. We're broadcasting live from the Double Wide of Deliverance Chapel located here on the campus of Reverend Billy Seawirtz International University and School of Confucian Go-Go Dance in scenic Chromosome, North Carolina. Friends and neighbors, as always, I'm joined by my lovely wife, Miss Ginger Snap. Hi. The singing fabric twins, Rayon and Van Lon, and our choir director, Mr. Purposely Rancid. Hi. We've got a great program for you today, but first I want to talk to you about a problem that's got Ginger Snap in tears, and it's got me mad enough to break out the BB gun. Folks, sometimes I wonder. I wonder. I wonder why this great country of ours is turning into one big overstuffed dumpster dumpster filled with too many insecurely fastened bags of human refuse. People ask me, is it the liberals? No. Is it the pornographers? No. Is it the yogurt? No. Though I have done some reading and I found that the word yogurt comes from the ancient Greek word yaghurtus, which literally translated means the cream cheese of Hades. No, friends, I think that the greatest threat to our nation and way of life lies in the presence of Satan in our nation's cafeterias. And today I will offer some undisputable proofs. First, the average number of vegetables served in the cafeteria, six. The average education level of the average cafeteria worker, sixth grade. The average number of average senior citizens one has to wait behind in the average checkout line, six once again. 666, Satan's universal area code is waiting to be dialed in our nation's cafeterias. 
As further proof, I offer these startling facts. A, the seemingly random arrangement of the tables in the dining room. <laughs> it's not that at all. Tricky old Satan. You see, it's actually sort of a modern-day Stonehenge, with the round tables in the middle and the booths around the side, signaling the members of the satanic cult that black masses are held there. B, the hairnets and shower caps worn by the workers are actually secret ritualistic headgear indicating their rank in the satanic church. A shower cap signifies an underling, perhaps one who's involved in blood sacrifices. A hairnet denotes a priest or high priestess, someone who has reached the top levels of the very order of Satan himself. And finally, the most common dish served in all cafeterias across the country is meatloaf. Yes, that's right, meatloaf. If you take that word and hold it to a mirror, it spells the word F-A-O-L-T-A-E-M, Faolteum, which I believe is an abbreviation for freaks, atheists, occultists, lowlifes, and two-bit agnostics eradicating morals of America. Friends, Next time you go into that cafeteria, Mr. and Mrs. G, the farm fresh fish fillets look awful good. Remember that your supposed cafeteria of convenience could be the devil's dining room of damnation. You know, I believe that while certain well-meaning but misguided individuals have been directing their rather limited attention spans to celluloid titillation and the semi-incoherent ramblings of brain-damaged androgynous Southern California teenage vegetable matter, Satan is serving up family-sized portions of the apocalypse in our nation's cafeterias. And now, friends, speaking of Satan, let's get a grip on him with our first selection of the day. Sleeper hold on Satan and the body slam on sin. I thought my life was counted out, but then Jesus tagged on in. Now the devil is fading fast with the heavenly arm locked under the chin. Got the sleeper hold on Satan and the body slam on sin. When I was a little girl, mama was full of information. She said, your life is just like a wrestling match. There's no disqualification. See, the devil's just like a dirty wrestler that uses every trick he's got. And your soul is like a championship belt, and he wants him a title shot. And when he gets you in the ring, you can bet it won't be a fake. He'll come at you from every angle that he can, every cheap shot he's going to take. He might use a foreign object or pull you by the hair. And be sure to guard down below the belt, because it loves to get you down there. We've got that sleeper hold on Satan, and the body slam on sin. I thought my life was counted out, friends, and Jesus tagged on in. Now the devil is fading fast with a heavenly arm locked under the chin. Got the sleeper hold on Satan, and the body slam on sin. Oh, hit him now!
and neighbors, mommies and daddies, little boys and girls, hamsters and gerbils, and manic depressive heavy equipment operators everywhere. You know, the other night I was sitting at home in the world headquarters of the first house of polyester worship, watching the television, and I came upon one of those rock videos so popular with the kids these days, and my stomach churned in disgust as I saw young nubile teenage buttocks twitching in anticipatory gyrations to the demonic rhythms of a heavy metal band. And friends, I fell asleep with lust on my mind. And as I lay there dreaming, I dreamed that my soul was being portrayed as the championship match on a Saturday morning wrestling show. And they were interviewing the devil, and he was saying this. <laughs> you know, Billy Words, you're just in a long line of mortals that are trying to take my title away from me. There was Jimmy Lee Swinger. There was Brother Jim Baker. None of them could get the job done, and you redheaded geek, you. You're not going to get the job done either. I'm the Prince of Darkness. I'm the man with all the power. I'm the man that's going to defeat you, brother. I've got the fires of hell stoked, and they're red hot. Billy Works, I'm coming And friends, I woke up in a cold sweat, and I was sore afraid. But then a gentle voice said, Billy, Jesus is the champion in life's eternal bout. He's watched you in the preliminaries. Now for the big one, he'll be there to help you out. You see, your prayers are just like push-ups in his glorious heavenly gym. And when your soul is on the ropes, this could be a forever Billy Works, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, when your soul is on the ropes, he's reaching for the tag. Yes, when your soul is on the ropes. Wait a minute, wait a minute, he's reaching, he's made the tag. Here comes Jesus into the ring. Jesus with the right, Jesus with the left, Jesus with the burning bush to the head. He's doing the one walk on his spine. Wait a minute, he's got the devil up, he's got him in a sleeper hole. This could be all for Satan, it could be, it's all over. You got me this time, Reverend Billy, but remember, I'll be back. Yes, when your soul is on the ropes, you can always count on him. We've got that sleeper hold on Satan and the body slam on sin. I thought my life was counted out, friends, till Jesus tagged on in. Now the devil is fading fast with a heavenly arm lock under the chin. Sleeper hold on Satan and the body slam on, body slam on, body slam on sin. I remember when I was growing up in Glasspack Hollerback in Baby Moon County, Mama would gather us around the lava lamp and tell us stories of how things came to be. We'd ask, where does fire come from? And she'd tell us the story of Vulcan, the fire god of ancient times. We'd go, how about factory outlet stores? Where do they come from? And she'd say they came from the ancient Georgia god, Polyestus. And even though I knew the answer, I'd always ask, well, how about thunder and narrative country songs dealing with ghosts, dysfunctional families, and CB radios, huh? And she'd tell me my favorite stories. The Norwegian folk tales of Eric the Red Sovine, the immortal truck driver of the heavens and owner of the Valhalla truck stop. She'd explain that every time it thundered, the ancient Norwegians would laugh and say, ho, ho, Eric the Red's been eating barbecue again, ya. And whenever there was a flood, a hunting accident, or mass public sacrifices to the god of yodeling, Sven Whitman, they'd shrug their shoulders and say, Well, Red's adding a new verse to a song. So this is a song about a tragedy in the food service industry, dedicated to Eric the Red Sovine, 1010 on the side, somewhere in that great celestial rest area. This one's for you, brother.
It was a hot June night back in summer of 88. Rolling across Mississippi on the I-20 interstate. I pulled off on the exit and saw the big yellow sign. As waffle, waffle, raced through my mind. Inside the waffle shop, the truckers were boasting. The griddle was griddling, and the toaster was toasting. From the tattoo on her arm, I knew the waitress's name was Peggy. The cook looked kind of scrambled, and he said, Hey, buddy, call me Eggy. The jukebox played Hank Jr. and then it played Proud Mary. The iced tea was sweetened and Peggy's arms were hairy. Been a rough day on that road and my nerves were mighty jangled. So I got a double order of hash brown, smothered, covered, beaten, kicked, piled, dropped. Hey, hold the onions, baby, and strangled. Suddenly out of the kitchen, there came a scream and a roar, and flames belched from the swinging orange door. Peggy, our waitress, on a foolish little bet, had been playing chicken with her lighter and a can of final net. And then that can erupted like nuclear sterno turning the kitchen into a food additive inferno Eggie the cook screamed and gave a horrible last gasp as his polyester pants dissolved in a molten double knitted mass the Formica countertop began to bubble and then it began to swell was there no way out of this 24-hour breakfast hell? Construction workers were on their knees. The truck drivers were praying. The griddle was griddling. And Proud Mary was still playing. The coffee pot exploded in a sea of hot java. The waffle syrup oozed in waves of nutra-sweeted lava. When the firemen arrived, they found everyone dead. Under two tons of blackened raisin toast and a river of locale margarine spread. And every now and then late at night, down the road I'll be coasting. I'll hear that griddle griddling and that toaster toasting. Smell the burning smell of a separating recap tire. And my mind kind of goes back in time. To the Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Waffle House Fire. I guess the moral of this story is that 
if God had meant for us to eat waffles, he probably would have given us lips like snowshoes. Reverend Billy, we have a phone call. Why, yes, we do, Ginger. Hello, Reverend Billy C. Wirtz here. Hi, Reverend Billy. This is Cletus. Hey, Cletus. Reverend Billy, just the other day I was in a, a cafeteria. Oh, oh my Lord. Oh, yes, and the oh, chocolate sprinkles oh. on the top of my pie. Fill up the words. Oh, oh my goodness me. This sounds like oh, a very, very troubled young man. I smell trouble. Can we help him, Reverend Billy? Oh, it's going to be tough. Well, I think we can. Mm -hmm. We can. Oh, I hear the pain. It is awful. My heart bleeds for him. I'm bleeding all over. This is not the first, this not the first call like this we've taken this week. Yes, but bless this little soul. Bless this little soul. Purvis, shut up. Oh, this is awful. All right, now you're going to have to calm down. You're going to have to calm down. You're angry. And you're very depressed. I have a feeling you've known yourself recently. I wouldn't have told that. Purvis. Now, Cletus, listen. You're going to have to realize that even though you're hurting right now. Oh, oh, I, would you like to come in for some special counseling? Purvis, oh, stop it. Now, you're going to have to realize that even though you're hurting, <laughs> we're laughing like hell at you. Oh, what you said about that girl? Listen, Cletus, a little dysfunctional snuff dipper, you're going to have to lighten up. Here's a song about a man with some real problems. No, I understand. The only thing that doesn't change is change. I'm just feeling vulnerable. Like a robin that's grown and must leave the nest. I guess that our parting is all for the best. The tears that I cried not so long ago, they're like rain that must fall to make a beautiful friendship grow. <laughs> you say you want to be friends, though his lovers will cease. So here's wishing you well. I hope you find your inner contentment and eternal peace. And along your journey, I hope you develop a dependence on Peter Paul Mouse. Your weight blows up over 400 pounds. The hormones in your body go ah somewhere. You develop ugly patches of gross facial hair. Your scalp starts to flake and then your buttocks extends. No hard feelings, sure, let's be friends I hope the new guy you write all the poetry about Turns out to be a closet Nazi and a drunk and loud He snores in his sleep and breaks wind At your table gets a bad drug habit You help to enable Every night went over the chair for a little discipline Your buddy bends Think of me, honey, cause we'll be friends Just friends, just friends the way we can be. I'll be friends with you, and you'll be friends with me. It's exciting, it's neat, classify it as swell. Count on me to be your incredible friend from hell. <laughs>
Hedwig gun fanatic The woods behind the house that bring the warmth to your heart Get bulldozed over for a new Kmart Pentecostals move in and shout daily Hey fans, think of me honey Cause we're still friends Isn't that nice? I hope the offspring you create In the act of procreation Turns out to be a happy blob of genetic mutation Screams a lot and goes into an ugly, violent rage Shows signs of being disturbed at a very early age Becomes a satanic mass murderer Ends up in the pen Oh, it's fulfilling when I'm your friend Just friends, just friends That's the way we can be I'll be friends with you You'll be friends with me It's exciting, it's neat Classify it as well Count on me to be I always want to be the $300 phone bill, no, I know you needed your space. I'm always going to be your incredible friend from hell. From hell. From hell! <laughs> Just friends. That was some of the album... The Backsliders Tractor Pull from the Reverend Billy C. Wirtz. Before that, Bob and Tom Trucker Clock. You're in tune with The Late Late Show, only on 88.3 FM, WAIF Cincinnati. And portions of this program, if performed correctly, will contain material that could be considered offensive or unsuitable for some listeners. You'll know who you are, darlings, and you're marvelous. But if you'd rather not have your senses assaulted by such material, the good news is you don't have to. You can always turn the radio off, tune away, and return to wait in a little less than an hour from now when the good pastor and sister Walker shall be in to present Open Your Bible. So glad to have you on board, my friends. Uh, stick around, stay tuned. Much more to come your way, only on The Late Late Show. 88.3 FM, WAIF. My name is Limud Moon, and I ain't got the IQ of a bedpan. I don't know much. But I do know this. I was watching TV the other night, and this commercial kept playing over and over about this guy who said this new catheter changed his life. Well, I'm thinking, if a new catheter can change your life, that's probably not your biggest problem. Maybe time to reevaluate. My name is Limmered Moon, and I don't know much, but I do know that. Thank you for your time. The Lumber Inn is proud to announce its semi-annual three-quarter-inch screw sale. Yes, there's never been a better time to buy all the three-quarter-inch screws you need. Fishing for a great deal? Well, we're stocked to the gills with the finest selection of three-quarter-inch screws you'll find anywhere. We've got bins and bins of three-quarter-inch screws. They're coming out our ears, so listen up. We can't even hear any reasonable offer, so we can't refuse any reasonable offer. We're dealing, so bring a big bag and lumber in to the Lumber Inn, because all of our three-quarter-inch screws are slash-priced for quickquidation. We're blowing them out. Now, these aren't just any three-quarter-inch screws. These are the finest, famous maker three-quarter-inch screws priced to sell fast. We 
can't mention brand names because if any of the manufacturers found out about this ridiculously low, low price, boy, would they be mad. But our president took one look at our overstock of big water and screws and said, dump them. So we lose and you win at the Lumber Inn. Plus, if you're one of the first 500 customers, we'll throw a piece of wood at you absolutely free. Credit? That's never a problem at the Lumber Inn because we don't give credit. Now, why can we offer three-quarter inch screws at prices that send our accountants into civil service? Because fire struck our three-quarter inch screw warehouse, that's why, and our tragedy is your good fortune. Yes, it's May Days all year long at the Lumber Inn. Semi-annual three-quarter inch screw warehouse arson and presidential blue ribbon investigative committee recommendation sale. That's right, we've got Aprilitis, and it's forcing us against our will to sell three-quarter inch screws at prices that make our friendly sales staff run to the unemployment line. But not before they show you where to find the widest selection of three-quarter inch screws in the entire tri-country area. But you probably won't even need to ask. They're all over the place. So remember, it's the Lumber Inn Sunday and every other day of the week. Fuel injected dragsters, funny cars, and wheel standards alike can park right here because we've got acres of parking marked down for your convenience. Plus, if you buy a whole bin full of three-quarter inch screws, we'll throw the bin at you absolutely free. That's the Lumber Inn semi-annual three-quarter inch screw sale and pancake breakfast. Come on, give a disadvantage kid a break. Come on down to the Lumber Inn where price never takes a back. The man, primed, ready. The machine, cold, hard. Solo sex. The revolutionary one-man workout unit. So compact you can hold it in one hand. Dynamic tension with variable resistance. Self-lubricating, sturdy rubber restraints for years of use. Oh, God. Solo sex. Oh, baby. One man, one machine, one minute. Uh. Optional butterfly attachments sold separately. Solo sex. Because a man has needs. Now, for the first time anywhere, a collection of all those songs from your past you almost remember but would like to forget. They say, they say, Brandy. What a fine girl, what, what, what a good, 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 You've tried to sing them so many times before and just wish they'd go away. But now they're back on one giant collection. Oh, we're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. A CD collection you'll buy and never play time and time again. Songs you almost remember but would like to forget. Turn the beat around. Turn the beat around. Order yours today. Stevie Nicks, the distinctive voice of Fleetwood Mac. Her style is unforgettable. Her lyrics, unintelligible. back with all your favorite hits on one big album. It's Stevie Nicks. What the hell is she saying? Yes, all her classics are here. You'll get Mean, and the incomparable Digitally remumbled for stereo inaudibility. This is Stevie Nicks at her most nebulous. Stevie Nicks, what the hell is she saying? Available now on Incoherent Records and Tapes. 
Hi, Bob. Hi, Jim. Hey, pull up a stool. Let me buy you a beer. Bartender, an ale for my friend Bob here. Hey, thanks, pal. Oh, man, this stuff stinks. Hey, don't you know it's supposed to? It's Stinky Pete's Stale Ale. I heard about it. Is it any good? Ah, that stuff's rotten. That's not rotten, my friend. It's stale. Stinky Pete's Stale Ale. Here, try mine. (laughs) And it's so expensive. Hey, who cares? Chicks love guys who drink expensive beer. Hey, I'm a loser, Bob. And I can pick up hundreds of broads at bars when I'm drinking Stinky Pete's. Hey, well, give me another Stinky Pete's and let's go pick up some drunken broads. Yeah, let's go get some broads. That's Stinky Pete's expensive imported beer. It stinks because Stinky Pete uses only pure, unfiltered water imported from the Sludge River in Yugoslavia. Drink Stinky Pete's beer. So what if it costs more? As long as it gets you the broads. Stinky Pete Brewery and Landfill, Festering Hills, New Jersey. Hey, Joy Gridnick here. So glad to be on Ed Clayton's show. You know, Ed can botch more things before 9 a.m. than most people can botch all day. You gotta love him. Love him. But just don't let him botch up your stuff. He don't know whether to scratch his watch or wind his butt. Hey, this is Chris. Chris, my name is Roy D. Mercer. My boy Raymond was down there at the music camp over this past summer down the percussion. Okay. And he left a pair of drumsticks down there that he actually weren't even his. They belonged to his sister, Latisha. And he he left them down there, apparently. Have y'all found them? Boy, I don't recall that we have. Pretty much anything we find, we uh, we put in our lost and found area. And well, um, these would be special. You could probably tell them from the other ones. These had the Tipper Gore signature on them. It's hand signed by Tipper Gore. He weren't even supposed to take them. We didn't even know he'd done it till after he come back and he told us that he'd done it because he left them down there. No, well, only thing we've got um, left is pretty much um, shirts and. Pants and shoes and things. Nothing in drumsticks. Well, in the way I see it, then y'all are responsible for them, then. Uh, no, in actuality, anything that you that um, the students bring is is their own responsibility. How do I know that y'all just didn't see them and take them off and sell them? Uh, we didn't. Well, I ain't gonna buy that. I know you probably somebody seen them down there. There's blonde wood, kind of chewed up, got teeth marks in them, and places where they whopped a snare on the side. Nothing here like that. We got them down at the political rally when they had down at Leapers Fork, Tennessee, when Alan Tipper come by the high school, Tipper sat in on the snare and played. My wife's working down to the lunchroom out there, and she went up and had a pair of drumsticks, had Tipper sign them with a major marker down there. And they was worth, I had somebody tell me they was worth at least $400. Well, anything that the students bring is, is their responsibility to have... Um... Well, I, I mean, you, you can tell me that all you want to, but I'm going to have to tell this to my wife, ma'am, and she'd probably be down there and be on somebody like Ugly on a baboon's ass. But them, them drumsticks meant a lot to the gal. My gal, Latisha's in a band. She got a band. And she plays a drum down there. But my wife, Sharon Jean, would be pretty tore up about it if you just tell me that you don't care. Oh, it's certainly not that we don't care. It's simply that we don't... Uh... Well, you don't care enough to make it right. Could I put you on hold just a moment, No, Roy? ma'am, I'll tell you what. I'm trying to get taking care of this thing so you don't get dope pop down there. Excuse gonna, me just a moment. She's going to be on your chin like melted pizza cheese. 
<laughs> Tipper Gore. Wow. Could have picked anybody in the world. <laughs> That's what I told Sharon Jean when she come home with him. Thanks for holding, Roy. Um, what I'd like to do is get your phone number and have our um, executive director call you when she gets back. You ain't the one in charge down there? No, I'm not. Well, how big a gal is she? Because there's somebody going to get ready to take an ass whooping over well, this. Well, she is our executive director. Well, how big a gal is she? She's our executive director. Well, what, she five foot, five and a half? That has nothing to do with it. Listen, why don't I just give you the name of this guy that said that she could probably, we, we got on a computer the other day on that A-Bay down there, and they had another pair of drumsticks you could you could buy off of. There's some fella named uh, Mick Budge, or maybe it's a gal. <laughs> Mick Budge had him said we could buy them off of her for a hundred and a quarter. Um, I would prefer that any uh, further conversation be held with, with our executive director. Do you don't know Mick Budge? So I can either uh, take your name and number and have her call you, or you could call back uh, next week and talk to you. Why don't you call Mick Budge and try to work this out? You ever heard of Mick Budge? Yes. Okay, Mikhail How- was the one that put us up to playing a joke on you. That was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to be. You know, it's my job to try and be nice to people. Oh, you did no good. No matter how crazy they are. <laughs> no, <I'm at> <laughs> Tipper Gore signed them? That's, that was my question. I couldn't believe that. And, she, and, and you bought that, didn't you? <laughs> this is so like Mick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. I guarantee you, I, my wife is getting ready to tear you up like a mountain lion into a baby goat. <laughs> oh. Well, and I bet she could, too. Yeah. She's a big bone woman, ma'am. I tell you oh, what, Chris, we'll go find Mick and hold her, and then you can show her where those drumsticks really belong. Okay? Well, when I find them, I'm selling them on eBay. What can I tell you? Hey, Jack. God bless you. I don't need any outside help. <laughs> hey, Jack's mortuary. Where deadliness is next to godliness. Oh. You keep sending them over, and we'll keep putting them down. Way down. Way down upon the Swanee. God bless you. What are you, some sort of religious fanatic? (laughs) What do you want, anyway? I was looking for a funeral house. You're in like a porch climber. Ajax Mortuary's the name. Death is the game. Well, deal me in. My brother's dead. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. He's, he's not breathing, I hope. No, heck no. He quit doing that about an hour before he turned blue. <laughs> Magnificent. How did he go? Well, as near as we can figure, he got a hold of a bad batch of chili con carne. <laughs> that can be lethal. Boy, it sure turned this light off, I'll guarantee you. <laughs> God bless you. Uh, he was insured, of course. I don't know that he had a piece of the rock or not. I, I realize that at times like these, it's a, it's a real bummer to discuss finance. Don't worry about it, partner. He's dead and somebody's got to pick up the slab town. I'll get that money if i got to kill somebody. Oh, now you're talking. <laughs> well, he's my brother, you know. I gotta stand good for him. Our whole family's that way. Straight arrow. Ain't no stiffs among us, Mr. Uh... Mr. Jethro. Oh? Cornelius Jethro. Ninety-three. 
death row. <laughs> At your service. <laughs> you sound like you really dig your work. <laughs> well, as I always say, you don't have to smoke and drink to have fun. <laughs> By the way, where is your brother? Old Arnie. I stuffed him in the freezer so he wouldn't spoil on you. <laughs> oh, that was thoughtful of you, but he is dead. Oh, he's gone. 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 Gone to the great chili parlor in the sky. <laughs> All around the chili beans, in the chili con carne, round the ranch at Hamburg, pop goes Alani. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'm running real short on cabbage, you know what I mean? Well, what's Lois you'll go? I mean, what, what, what's Lois you put a guy down for? 89.50, we'll put him down. Way down. Way down south in the land of cotton. God bless you. What did you say? I said, God bless you. You're not some sort of priest, are you? <laughs> no, no, look, now, this, this 89.50 job, how's that work? Do you come pick him up? Well, we have been awfully busy. Things have been piling up. <laughs> well, stiff as that sucker is, I guess it wouldn't be no trick to balance him on the back of my Honda. <laughs> I just... Time on with some bailing wire. I, get, I should be able to get him down there before it thaws. Where are you at again? 93 Death Row. We'll be expecting you. Okay. Thank you and goodbye. Sebastian, drop whoever you're doing. <laughs> We've got a live one. <laughs> There once was a farmer who had three daughters who were all going out on their first date at the same time. The farmer, being protective of his daughters, decided to meet their suitors at the front door with his shotgun. The doorbell rang and the father answered the door and the lad said, Hi, my name's Joe. I'm here for Flo. We're going to the show. Is she ready to go? The father looked him over and sent the kids on their way. The next lad arrives. My name's Eddie. I'm here for Betty. We're going to get some spaghetti. Is she ready? Father felt this one was okay too, so off the two kids went. The final young man arrived and the farmer opened the door. The boy started off. Hi, my name's Chuck. And the farmer shot him. <laughs> Every time you go drinking, in order not to get sick, you have to remember your stomach's just like the bouncer, right? And you're having a party, and the party's in your stomach, stomach's the bouncer. Now, when you have a party, you invite your friends, you invite your family, because you know everyone gets along. Same thing with inviting alcohol into the stomach. Now, you can mix up all the beer you want, because they all know one another, and they get along. You know, beer comes to the stomach. Hey, how you doing, stomach? Listen, man. 
It's just this beer here, you know. We figured we hang out and stuff. I mean, you know, every you know, Coors Light and Sam Adams and Budweiser and Heineken. Uns hello. He's crazy, man. He's crazy. You are crazy, man. His stomach's usually cool with that. All right, come on in, but keep it down. Beer goes in there to having a good time, and playing darts, singing songs. But just like any party, people find out about it. Oh, yeah. And they try to Chris. Same thing with alcohol. Next thing you know, a couple shots are coming along. You know, a little scotch sometimes. Yeah. His stomach could you having a great party on there? <laughs> Getting by, I just you know, going to blaze it out. You see? <laughs> stomach goes what? <laughs> what is he talking about? I just want to come here on your great party. Want to come in, blaze it out. Show him the bagpipe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go in there. But now, whenever you mix up crowds, next thing you know, Scotch is walking around, and he's like, Hey, Heineken, right here, you dirty wanker. Your football team sucks there, Lally. And you can feel the tension. Your stomach's like, all right, guys, everyone chill out. All right? But now everyone's showing up. Jägermeister. Yeah. Fuzzy Navel. Is there a party in here tonight? <laughs> Is there a party? Sometimes Saki. Oh, the big party here. So your stomach lets him in, and now it's getting pretty packed in there, and you can feel what's going on. There's some warning signs. But the end of the night, yeah, that's when, you know, yeah. who always Good shows guy. up the most yeah. dangerous shot, uh -huh. tequila. Yeah. And tequila never shows up alone. No. <laughs> There's always eight or nine of them. Come on, man. We won't start no trouble, man. <laughs> We just came here to have a good time, man. That's all. We let the worm back in the van. He won't bother nobody. <laughs> then, like an idiot, you let in one shot of tequila. Oh, okay. And then he sneaks in all his friends. <laughs> Come on, man. Ain't nobody looking. As soon as they get in there, like, hey, man, let's have a party. <laughs> Fights are flying. Next thing, your stomach goes, all right, that's it. Everyone, get off. <laughs> hey, hey. Not that way. The way you came in. Let's go, hot shot. Yeah. There's always like an old hot dog. I've been here for nine years. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I didn't do nothing. I'll stomp a mud hole in your behind. <laughs> Everyone out, even the air. <laughs> you all right, man? Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go to another party. This one sucks, man. <laughs> the question is, did you ever fly over commercial airports? That was the question from my wife. Uh, yes. Uh, I think it was the 1982 or 83 Toronto Air Show. I was a participant, and um, we uh, took an SR-71 there, and it was three crew members went. Uh, one crew flew it in, one crew flew the uh, second-day air show, and the third crew, which was myself, 
flew just uh, a couple of flybys at the uh, third day of the air show and then actually flew the aircraft back to Beale Air Force Base. And the Toronto air show is over the, um, what is it, Labor Day weekend? Is it the Labor Day weekend in September? What's the first? It's Monday. Yeah, that, that's when they always have it. And, uh, when we, and it's a holiday weekend. So when I came back into the Sacramento area and uh, I was descending down to land at Beale and we had uh, a lot of fuel and uh, we had to work on the holiday. And I said, uh, yeah, I asked the backseater, I said, you want to make an approach at Sac Metro? And he said, can we do that? And I said, why not? <laughs> you can do anything once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so I... On approach control, I uh, when we got over to um, approach control, I asked if Sac Metro was uh, available for a uh, uh, an approach, and they said uh, they switched us over to Sac Metro and they uh, cleared us for an approach. So as we were coming down uh, final, and we had configured the airplane with the gear down, and we we're about two miles out on final. Uh, I asked the controller, uh, they switched us over to tower, and I asked the tower, I said, would you like a flyby down the runway or down the ramp? <laughs> and the guy said, down the ramp. And I said, okay. I sucked the gear up and I pushed the power up, and we uh, started heading towards the ramp, uh, towards the tower. And uh, as we were approaching it, I rolled the plane up away from the tower and lit the afterburners. And uh, we went around uh, and made a pass, and the tower controller said, beautiful, beautiful, come back and do another one. And I said, I better not, I'm going to go to Beale. <laughs> so we went back to Beale and we landed, and as I mentioned, holiday weekend, and uh, Colonel uh, Lonnie Liss was the, was he the? He was the DO. He was oh the director God. of flight operations, the Straight DO. Lonnie. Sorry? Straight Lonnie. Straight yeah. Lonnie, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. So he met us when we uh, pulled in the hangar after we landed. As I mentioned, that was the normal procedure. And I thought, well, that's nice that he came out. <laughs> As I came down the ladder from the aircraft, he uh, looked at me and he said, uh, Maury, and I said, yes, sir. He said, do we have any regulations that say we can't make approaches at Sacramento Airport? I said, no, sir. I want one on my desk at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> now, there, there's a continuation to this story. I retired in 87 and flew with uh, United uh, Airlines. When I went, I had previously flown for United, I had a break in service. When I went back to United, I was a 760 co-pilot, uh, 760, uh, yeah, Boeing 767 co-pilot. And um, one of my, uh, that first year in 87, I think it was either the fall of 87 or the winter of 88, right after the new year, I was flying a 767 from uh, Washington, D.C. to San Francisco. And um, <clears throat> an air traffic controller wanted to know if they could ride in the cockpit. And the captain of the plane signed it off. They have that privilege or if they want to do that. And uh, the aircraft, normally when they do that, if there's an empty seat somewhere, the captain will ask one of the flight attendants, stick him in an empty seat in the back of the plane. The plane was full. So this young lady was the air traffic controller. She came in, she's quite a tra attractive young lady. And the captain I was flying with was, uh, I don't know if he was married or not, but I know he was a big flirt. I hadn't flown with him before. So uh, I was flying, it was my leg from DC to San Francisco. Uh, you would trade off flying legs in the airlines. 
and we're flying, and he's just talking to her halfway across the country. And at some point, he asked her uh, how long she'd worked at uh, San Francisco Airport, and she hadn't been there that long. She said, I used to work SAC Metro. So this is, 19, I think it was 1988. And uh, I looked over my shoulder at this young lady, and I said, were you working SAC Metro in uh, 1982 or whatever it was, 82 or 83? And she looked at me, and she said, yeah, I was. Uh, why do you ask? And I said, were you working tower when the SR-71 buzzed it? And she said, oh, yeah, I was. How did you know that? <laughs> and I told her it was me, and she started laughing, and she said, you scared the hell out of people. She said there, she said there were people in the terminal that dived to the ground. They thought the airplane was going to hit the terminal. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Would you mind getting out of your train of thought? Huh? What? Where's the big idea, sir? Oh, I'm sorry, officer. I don't understand. I was thinking. Yeah, your mind was wandering all over the place. May I see your degree, please? Sure, here. Take it out of the frame. Sorry. <laughs> it's a community college learner's permit. You need a B.A. to drive this idea home. Oh, I must have been lateral thinking and, and not realized it. Uh -huh. See, I had to think fast to get around that mental block back there, and, and I didn't notice the limits. This degree's expired. I ought to throw the encyclopedia at you. Why? Is this a controlled thought zone? Yes, it is, sir. See the sign? School. <laughs> I guess I was letting my thoughts wander all over the avenue of consideration. Mm -hmm. You almost collided with established dogma back at those presumptions. I wasn't thinking straight. I see. Have you been drinking, sir? A couple of beers, but I'm not illogical. Well, I should stop your thought process right now, but I'm going to give you a ticket for quick thinking. That's three points off my IQ. <laughs> and the fine is a penny for your thoughts. I'll get back into the flow of normal thought, officer. Uh -huh. You go straight to your inevitable conclusion. It's foregone. You can't miss it. Uh, yes. You understand? Yes. Yeah, yes. Thank you very much, officer. Okay, off with it. Kids, too damn smart for their own good. Prescribing your pleasure from dusk till dawn. Rock and roll doctor is always on. Okay, rock and roll doctor, you're on the air. Yeah, you want to turn your radio down, sir. You want to turn your radio down, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to the Aerosmith concert, man. And I was wondering what kind of drugs I should take. Okay, Aerosmith, that's heavy metal. Uh, you're going to want to stay away from stimulants. They react negatively with the high decibels. Uh, when those guitars start feeding back, you're going to be clawing your face off. I suggest rather a mild depressant uh, beer, maybe some quaaludes. You got any? Uh, no, I don't. I'd like to point out right here, the rock and roll doctor does not advocate drugs or just prescribe them. Okay, rock and roll doctor, you're on the air. Uh, that, true, yeah. uh, are you having a bad trip, sir? Is that what uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Well, you want the hotline. This is the rock and roll doctor. Next, uh, please try to dial carefully, people, okay? It's very important. Rock and roll doctor, you're on the air. Uh, did you see Quadrophenia, man? No, I haven't. Oh, you should, man. It's really mm -hmm. good. It's got all this uh, who music in it, man. Really good. Yeah, okay. Well, you have a question here? 
Uh, right. Well, it's it's about the mods, you know. They're like uh, early yeah. hippies in England, but they're not hippies. They ride around on mopeds, you yeah, know. And you want to get to the point, please. Yeah, yeah. Well, the mods are like always taking these pills. Uh, they're called blues, man. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of blues, man. Like, what are these blues? As far as I'm concerned, it's Negro music. Uh, blue is not really a good drug color. Uh, I suggest uh, try reds instead. Okay, rock and roll doctor, you're on the air. Yes, my sister and I are going to the new, new Christie Minstrel Show at the Playhouse tonight, and I was wondering what I should take. A good book. Okay, rock and roll doctor, you're on the air. Yeah, hello? Yeah, yeah. turn your radio hello? down, please. You want to turn your radio down, please, sir? What? Turn your radio... Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. That's better. You have a question, sir. Yeah, I, I'm going to the Nugent concert. Kind of figured. Well, I'm taking some pot and, and some mm -hmm. uh, uh, acid, mm -hmm. and I'm going to be taking some coke, and mm -hmm. I'm going to be taking a couple of quarts of rum. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if there's anything else that I should take. Yeah, an ambulance. Rock and roll doctor, you're on the air. Uh, rock and roll doctor? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I had these, um, pills, and I took them, I think, and, um, uh, like, do you know what they were, man? No, 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 I don't. Well, I was just wondering, like, who is this? This is the rock and roll doctor. Uh, why don't you lie down for a couple of days, do us both a favor, you'll feel a whole lot better. People, when you call in, try to have a question in mind, okay? It just makes the show uh, move a whole lot faster. Rock and roll doctor, you're on the air. Yeah, you had a call a moment ago. It sounded like my son. Well, you tell that lousy punk that if I catch him taking any more drugs, I'll clobber him. Okay, okay, you want to calm down, sir? You sound a bit upset. Well, you did. I'm upset. I think I got good reason to yeah, be upset. Okay, well, you're on your way to a heart attack, sir, and also at the very least. Uh, I suggest you take a couple of Valium and relax. I don't have any Valium. Okay, well, just stay in the line. I'll get your name and I'll send you a prescription, okay? Yeah? Hey, thanks. Okay, no problem. Rock and Roll Doctor, you're on the air. Hello? Goodbye. Rock and Roll Doctor, you're on the air. Yeah, this is Detective Johnson of the Drug Enforcement Agency. Doctor, perhaps you'd like... Okay, that's just about all the time we have for calls right now. Uh, we're going to break, uh, take a word from our sponsor, and be back with uh, Timothy Leary. Travesty Limited with Rock and Roll Doctor. The Frantics with You Were Speeding. Maury Rosenberg, the SR-71 buzzing the tower story. Jerry Mueller, drinks. A bit from the web, Farmer's Daughter Dates. Ajax Mortuary, Hudson and Landry. And Roy D. By God Mercer, band camp Klepto began the last set. My friends, we need to take care of some pubic cervix announcements. I'm going to rip these guys off of the bathroom type dispenser roll. Dear friends, in crashes involving bicycles, it is children and young people who are injured and killed most often. But, like motorcyclists, riders of all ages are extremely vulnerable to serious injury. Many deaths could be prevented and the severity of injuries reduced if cyclists made wearing a helmet a habit. Remember, wearing a helmet significantly reduces your vulnerability. And experts say women make most health care choices in the home, including what to eat and which doctor to see. Groups such as National Women's Health Resource Center work to help women make more informed choices. The center publishes a free family health handbook organized by lifestyles ranging from birth to old age. 
It can help to make it easier to keep up with a family's changing health care needs. For a free copy, call toll-free 877-986-9472 or visit the website at healthy-women.org. And check out The Boiling Point every Thursday afternoon from 3 to 5 with news and views of working people fighting for justice around the city, around the country, and around the world. Hear it on The Boiling Point every Thursday at 3 on 88.3 FM, WAIF Cincinnati. Uh, friends, stick around, stay tuned. More comedy to come your way. At the top of the hour, the good pastor and sister Walker will be in with Open Your Bible. the first summer was over I had just finished a long day and I was bushels I'm the kind of guy that works hard for his salary and I don't mind telling you I was feeling a bit wilted but I didn't care at all because otherwise things were fine I try never to disparagus and I don't sweat the truffles I'm outstanding in my field and I know that something good will turn up eventually a bunch of things were going great and soon I'd be top banana at least that's my peeling but that's enough corn. Lend me your ear and let us continue. After dressing, I stalked over to the grain station. I got there just in line to catch the 9-11 as it plowed towards the core of Appleton, a lentil more than a melon and a half east of Cloveland. off at Zucchini, so we continued on our route to Bega. Passing my usual stop, I got off at Cotto. I hailed a passing yellow cabbage and told the driver to cart me off to Brooklyn. I was going to meet my brother across from the eggplant, where he had a job at the Saffron Station Pumpkin Gas. As soon as I saw his face, I knew he was in a yam. He told me his wife had been raising cane. Her name was Peaches. A soiled but radishing beauty with huge gourds. My brother had always been a chestnut, but I could never figure out why she picked him. He was a skinny little string bean who'd always suffered from cerebral parsley. It was in our roots. Sure, we had tried to weed it out, but the problem still remained. He was used to having a tough road to hoe, but it irrigated me to see Artie choke, and it bothered my brother to see his marriage go to sea. Maple couples, they had a lot of growing to do. Sure, they'd sown their wild oats, but just barley, if you please. Finally, Peaches had given him an ultimato. She said, I'm hip to your chive, and if you don't stop smoking that herb, I'm going to leaf you for basil, you fruit. 
He said he didn't realize it had come quite so far. On your other hand, even though peaches could be the pits, I knew she'd never call the fuzz. farm from the mushroom. Let's walk over. He said, that's a very rice place. That's the same little bar where alfalfa my wife. When we got there, I pulled up a cherry and tried to produce small talk. I told him I hadn't seen Olive, not since I'd shelled off for a trip to macadamia. When I told her we cantaloupe, the time just wasn't ripe. She knew what I meant. When we left the mushroom, we were pretty well juiced. I told Artie to say hello to the boysenberry and that I'd orange to see him another time. Well, it all came out in the morning peppers. Artie caught peaches that night with basil, and Artie beat basil bad, leaving him with two beautiful acres. Peaches? She was found in the garden. She'd been pruned. story is okra now. Maybe it's small potatoes. Me? Idaho. My name? Wheat. My friends call me Colonel. And that's life in the slaw lane. Thank you so much. It's a garden out there. Sorry, I have a cold. <laughs> I wish to make a complaint. Uh, sorry, what size? Never that? mind that, my lad. I wish to complain about this parrot. What I purchased not half an hour ago from this very boutique. I have the uh, the Norwegian blues. What's uh? What's wrong with it? I'll tell you what's wrong with it, my lad. He's dead. That's what's wrong with him. No, no, he's, uh, he's resting. Look, matey, I know a dead parrot when I see one. And I'm looking at one right now. No, no, he's, uh, he's not dead. He's, he's resting. Yeah. Remarkable bird in Norwegian blue, isn't it, eh? Beautiful plumage. A plumage? Don't enter into it. He's stone dead. No, no, he's, he's resting. All right, then, if he's resting, I'll wake him up. Hello, Mr. Boy Parrot. I have got a nice fresh banana. No, he didn't. You hit the cake. Yes, I did. I did. Hello, Parrot. Oh, I did. I did. 
I call a dead parrot. <laughs> Major, beautiful plumage. Look, Tosh, I took the liberty of examining that bird when I got it home, and I discovered that the only reason it had been sitting on its perch in the first place was that it had been nailed there. <laughs> oh, my God, we nailed that. Listen, Mush, if I hadn't nailed that bird down, it would have muffled up with them bars. Bent him apart with his little pecker, and boom! 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 Mate, this parrot wouldn't boom if you put four million volts through it! <laughs> He's bleeding demised! No, no, he's pining! He's not pining! He's, <laughs> he's passed on! This parrot is no more! Yes, cease to pee! He's expired and gone to meet his maker! He's a stiff! Bereft of life, he rests in peace! If you hadn't nailed him the perch, he'd be pushing up the daisies! He's off the twig! He's curled up his tootsies! He's shuffled off this mortal coil! He's run down the curtain and joined the bleeding choir invisible! He f***ing snuffed it off! <laughs> These are the, the metabolic processes he's had his lot! All statements to the effect that this parrot is still a going concern are from now on inoperative! This is an ex-parrot! Oh. Well, I'd better replace it then. You won't get anything down this country, you've got to go. What's the news? Well, I've had a look around the back, and we're right out of power. I see, I see, I get the picture. I got a slug. <laughs> Does it talk? Yep. Right, I'll have that one then. (laughs) 
I'm sick and tired of my generation getting blamed for the state of the planet. I'm sick of my generation getting called the TV generation. Well, all you guys do is watch TV. What'd you expect? We watched Lee Harvey Oswald get shot live on TV one Sunday morning. We were afraid to change the f***ing channel for the next 30 years. This show sucks. Yeah, but Tony might get shot during the commercial now. Hang on. That's what's wrong in this country. We always shoot the wrong guys. We shoot JFK. We shoot RFK. It comes to Teddy. We go, ah, leave him alone. He'll f*** it up himself. No problem, you know? Biggest target in the whole damn Kennedy family. Nobody takes a shot at me. He weighs about 7,000 pounds. You could shoot a bullet in Los Angeles and hit him in the ass in Boston five minutes later. He'd be standing on the lawn at the Kennedy compound going, oh, there's a bullet in my ass. Oh, 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 oh. Ted Kennedy, good senator, but a bad date. You know what I'm saying, folks? One of those guys gets home around 4 o'clock in the morning and goes, what did I forget? Oh, the f***ing girl. What's the matter with me? Jesus, where are my pants? Holy shit. Because I'll tell you, folks, we've got a real problem with guns in this country. We have people snapping almost twice, three, four, five times a year, right? People just snap. They can't take it anymore. They snap. They go into McDonald's and kill 15 people. Huh? I mean, what the f*** is going on down at the post office? Every six months, some guy gets fired, comes back, and kills all his coworkers. If I worked at the post office as a supervisor, I wouldn't lay anybody off the next 25 f***ing years. I'd just walk around going, Hanrahan, what are you doing? Nothing. Well, keep it up. You're doing a great job. Jesus. I'll tell you. And I am sick and tired of New York taking the blame in this country for the crime problem. You know, whenever you read a fact chart, it always says Detroit leads the world in rape and murder and everything else. But New York takes the blame. New York's a cesspool. It's a cesspool of filth and crime. We're moving. Hey, I just moved here four years ago and I'm not leaving because this is the most exciting place in the world to live. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are so many ways to die in New York City. Come on. Race riots, drive-by shootings, subway crashes, construction cranes collapsing on the sidewalks, manhole covers blowing up, and asbestos shooting into the sky. We had a subway crash here a couple years ago. Five people died. The next day they found out the driver was drunk and hooked on crack. Folks, this makes Disneyland look like a f***ing bike ride, doesn't it? Your driver today is Edward. He's drunk and hooked on crack. The man sitting next to you has a loaded 9mm. Good luck, folks. Honey, get the camera out. This is going to be f***ing great. Yeah. I love living in New York, man. And people who live in New York, we wear that fact like a badge right in our sleeve because we know that fact impresses everybody. I was in Vietnam. So what? I live in New York. Really? Yeah, because New York teaches you to live life the way it should be lived. Moment to moment. Yes. Because every moment in New York could be your last. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could be walking down the street tomorrow. Feeling good about yourself. Drink free, drug free, looking forward to the future. And somebody accidentally nudges their poodle off a 75th floor ledge. Clink! And he's headed for the ground at 175,000 miles per hour. And kerchunk, he's embedded in your head. You're dead on contact. The headline in the post the next day reads, Man killed by best friend. People cut the article out and they laugh about it at the office and you're forever remembered as the Poodle Man! I knew the Poodle Man and he hated f***ing poodles. New York teaches you to live life moment to moment and street to street and beat to beat. Because we've all played that street to street game in New York, haven't we? Yes, we have. Good block, bad block. Ooh. Good block, bad block. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Gun block, crack block. Asbestos block. Poodle block, poodle block! Because most people think life sucks and then you die. I disagree. 
I think life sucks, then you get cancer. Then you go into chemotherapy, you lose all your hair, you feel bad about yourself. Then all of a sudden the cancer goes into remission, you come out, you look good, you feel good, you're going great. All of a sudden you have a stroke, you can't move your right side. And one day you step off the curb at 68th by Lincoln Center and bang, you get hit by a bus and then maybe you die. Because I think Jim Henson said it best when he said, anybody got any aspirin? I think I got a cold. And a chill filled the room. We all have this incredible attachment to the Muppets, don't we? We love the Muppets. They're so cute. Did you hear about Jim Henson's funeral here in New York City? Huh? Huh? Kermit the Frog and Big Bird saying it's not easy being green at Jim Henson's funeral. If I'm 56 years old and I kick the bucket and a f***ing sock is singing at my funeral, I'm going to pop out of that coffin and go, hey, what the hell is this about? Sammy Davis Jr. gets Frank Sinatra, I get a f***ing sock, I'm pissed off now. You know, we spend a lot of time in this show talking about death and disease and cancer and catastrophe. And we do it because, well, I think it's f***ing funny. We want to send you home now with an upbeat number, with a dance number, with a... you heard last Dennis Leary talking about death before that Monty Python the parrot sketch and Kippadatta life in the slaw lane began the last set well friends this will put the capper on another late late show for this week thanks everybody for hanging out hanging in hanging on and just generally hanging (sighs) Ed Clayton here out the door up the road down the street around the corner And by some accounts, I'm over the hill. Stay tuned, friends. Coming up next over most of these stations, the good pastor and sister Walker are in with Open Your Bible. All right, friends. Have a good one. Have a great one. And I will check you again next week. You're in tune with what radio was meant to be. 88.3 FM. You're listening to WAIF Cincinnati. Mm, bye.